Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Media Morgue, where movies come to be examined. I am uh, didn't come up with a funny name today, (laughs) and I'm joined by I never have (laughs) my fellow surgeons of cinema here. I am uh, Emma's insecure husband. Yeah, you are the sun that just lights everything on fire. Great. (laughs) Yeah, family of pyros. I am, I am, I am Emma. There it is. You're <laughs> Zach, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're just Zach today. Um, yeah, we have a guest with us today. We have uh, Dan's friend, Marissa. Hi, I'm Marissa. Um, I'm studying film at Marymount Manhattan College right yeah. now. And I graduate nice. this year in the off time. I work hey. at a production studio. And I just really enjoy film. We're That's glad to have you. Thank you. It's good, it's good to have you. I think, Dan, this is the... Well, actually, there was Ani as well, but it's like, um, I think almost each of us has brought on a guest now. Yeah. Have I? We love our film heads. can't remember. We love I our, yeah. what, 20 to 23-year-old Yeah, heads this is our pocket. <laughs> waiting, waiting for you next, Zach. Find a... Find uh, a it's, you know, I, I'd have to scrape the bottle of the barrel. I'm just not <laughs> willing to do that, to be honest with you. You and me, we're just like some guys. So, yeah. yeah, we're a couple so, of dudes, a so couple yeah. of bros. We, just rock. we are uh, we're trying something a little different today, and I'm excited that it's, it seems to be working out because three of us are together in person, but we have Zach joining us remotely. And if this works, then we can start to have more remote guests um, uh, when the rest of us are in person. So um, root for us out there in mm-hmm. medium work listening land. But today we are taking a double dip into the mind of Pablo Larraín. This is our Laurent fest. Yeah. Larraín? Yes. Larraín. La saying it wrong for a, like, like a fucking Lorraine, year. But like it's like Larraín. I've said, I've said Laurent. Yeah. It, I'm sure he's used to it's, it being It's funny because I, like when I saw Emma, I was convinced it was a French movie because it was so horny. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Horniest Me movies too. Are, are so French and, and, and like the name Pablo Laurent, it's like, wait, Pablo's not a fr- but Laurent sounds so French. Yeah, right? well, he's like, Chilean, and Chilean yeah. and France do have a lot of uh, historical um, intermingling. So, um, yeah, we're we're reviewing two of his films. The most it's all recent. About his twisted mind. Today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this dude is is fucking nuts. He needs to be locked up. He's crazy. Um, uh, we're talking Spencer, which those of you um, who are not familiar with is a psychodrama taking place over three days in the royal house mm-hmm. windsor palace with uh, diane princess diana herself rest More in peace of a, the shining successor than a biopic right? yeah, yeah yeah and so we'll cool. we'll talk about that and then we're uh, we're bringing up his 2019 uh also psychosexual oh, drama busy. emma yeah, yeah. Did, did everybody know that this was by the same person except for me that's what <laughs> yeah. I mean. Zach, when did you figure it out incredible right now as you just oh, said oh really <laughs> this is our pablo Laurent fest man. i'm really happy <laughs> i will here. say they are very different. extremely extremely but that but that's the mark of like a great storyteller right mm-hmm. yeah. when, when you have so much work that's like a body of work that's aesthetically so uh varied and and you know communicate stories in such a different way i mean emma is such like it shows you everything. Right? Yeah. And Spencer is extremely psychological. Our main character is like stuck in her head, whereas yeah. Emma is very like outwardly, you know, wielding her sexuality like a weapon. And, yeah. And you know, just just the way those two protagonists are such polar opposites, but mm-hmm. they they still kind of have that 
through line of being like quietly brilliant and very sympathetic mm -hmm. i guess yeah yeah it's something that uh, I'm, I'm interested to unpack with y'all as we move forward. But of course, as is tradition, before the reviews, we have the news. Uh, I guess the big, y'all want to do Oscars first? Do or you want to do? Sure. Do yeah. Where, where, where should we, I, I guess because we're talking about Spencer, we should say it only has one nom. Mm. And it will not win, unfortunately, because Kristen Stewart shit on the Academy recently. Oh, oh she, she did. She was very, very mean. Um, do you remember how they snubbed Adam Sandler because he was like, if they don't nominate me, I I'm going to make the worst movie they've ever seen. I so like, in, like mm -hmm. why would in, you say that? In the notes from that year, like like their notes and like their emails back and forth, like the Academy members, like it leaked and they were like, he's being such a pretentious asshole. We don't owe him anything. So mm -hmm. like, they, okay. they, it was like an active like uh, slight against mm -hmm. Sandler for like oh, what he said shit. on that podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, we did um, give the performance of his life. It's amazing. I mean, Uncut Gems is we we love that on the show. It's I think all movie. of us do. Kristen Stewart was she said something along the lines of the Oscars don't matter. Uh, I mean, we, we should like I forget exactly what she but it was along the lines of the Oscars don't matter. Yeah. Um, and she said if they nominate me, I will not show up. Oh, I don't nice. care. Um, which is badass and cool, and I support love. that. I think she's so cool for it. Uh, but. I, I how can you resist going to the Oscars, right? Number one, but also what's interesting about that is that she would present herself as such a maverick when also she's playing like the the royal troublemaker, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like Diana right. herself would have been like, I'm not going to show up to the Academy Award or she's whatever stuffy thing that she. She's always wearing yeah. vintage punk band T-shirts and leather jackets on <laughs> SNL. And shit. It's just know. interesting cool. because she chose to work with Pablo Lorraine, mm -hmm. and it's like when Jackie came out in 2014, 15, something I think, like that. Um, she won the Oscar. Natalie Portman won the yeah. Oscar for that, so she kind of had to know she was on the road to mm -hmm. at least being nominated. Mm. Do you think it's strange then that he got snubbed? Because I would absolutely have nominated him for that. Like, I do I, think it's strange. I thought I he had some goodwill with the Academy. Yeah, you know, me too. Jackie Just, and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Very yeah. Weird. Did uh, you ever get to see Jackie, Zach? I sure didn't, but uh, I have the image of the poster and the trailers in my mind, so I'm, I'm right here with you guys. I remember, I remember watching it exactly one time, and it, I think... I felt similarly. I mean, I was. I. I. I'm, I felt more arrested with Spencer than I did with Jackie. Sure. And, and I think we'll both talk of these about movies it. are a lot better. I think yeah, but I. I remember like the the draw of it was look how impressive this you know performance mm -hmm. is. Um, and you know, Natalie was like so like pitch perfect word yeah. for word with the Jackie clip for yeah. clip. Yeah. Even like you could watch a side by side of like the recordings they did of yeah. her touring the White House when she redid the White House. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was exact. Yeah. So. Um, in other, well, not in other well, news, but outside of the, the, yeah, well, I was going to say that uh, uh, outside of Spencer, uh, the film that seems to be attracting the most attention here is Power of the Dog, uh, with 12 movie. nominations. I didn't get to see it. Um, I oh, I spoiled I it in the group chat. Did you really not see it? I, I didn't even notice oh, it just okay. spoiled well, it. So. I think well, Kirsten Dunst. Oh, well, you did. I want Kirsten Dunst to win. Me too. Um, she, for best supporting. For, yes, for, for yes. best, just like regular actress, it should be Kristen Stewart, in my opinion. But she's an ama she's amazing in that. Yeah, she really, really sells mm. that part. That's that's her best role since Melancholy. And she's think. working with her husband, Jesse Plemons. Yeah. So good for them. And good then right behind it is Dune, with a total of ten nominations, none of which being uh, best director. Denis Villeneuve yeah, got. Denis. That's crazy. <laughs> and that's what I define this as is a very snub, involved right? movie. Yeah, I mean, this is this is like I think we talked about this when we did our actual Oscars episode, but 
sometimes people throw the word snub around kind of like yeah, just oh sure. it, just to mean like the person that I wanted to get recognized didn't I think get recognized. We all knew that like Titan would. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, for sure, they, they're for too, sure. They're not gonna give that movie. But to. but like this actually feels like a snub because if you are nominating the film for mm-hmm. every other award, technical and artistic, then that means that the direction is sound, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like what happened um, with uh, with Selma. I mean, it wasn't mm. nominated in a lot of uh, yeah categories except for best director. Yeah, let me check that Is out. That actually, um, I typed in Ava DuVernay, but I meant to type in Selma Oscars. Or maybe Selma was snubbed completely. I, th- I think it got like the only thing that it. Uh, I mean, it was now? nominated for best picture. Okay, mm. there you go. Um, but she was not nominated. Yeah. So, so this is like a similar case. Was was Dune nominated for Best Picture? Yeah. Okay. And Drive My Car. If yeah. Seen, I need to see that. But it's very cool Drive that they nominated cool. that. Was yeah. there, uh, uh, for for you, Marissa, were there any nominations that you felt particularly excited about or anything that you're, anyone that you're pulling for, anything that you're pulling for? I am pulling for Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, okay. I am pulling for that so much. Yeah. I think... He did a phenomenal job. Rents, one of my favorite musicals of all time. Jonathan Larson Mm -hmm. is one of my favorites of all time, and I think he really did such a good job with that role. I would love for him to win that. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm sad about Nicolas Cage, man. Pig is a really great movie. Oh yeah, I heard about that one. So good. It's so good. He's really great in it too. I didn't get to see Tick Tick. Um, I I feel really yeah. I didn't get to it. It's great, man. Do you enjoyed it? I did. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, musical movies for me usually don't hit. I don't know. There's just some, especially just seeing them on like your regular TV. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think Andrew Garfield was amazing. Like I was so genuinely professed. Uh, what? Impressed right. with his performance <laughs> and and his singing voice. Like I just I didn't great. know yeah. that he could sing. Like apparently I mean, he really he really worked at it. Like he he went to a trainer and he it wasn't yeah. a natural yeah. thing yeah. for him to sing. So I right. guess Lim Manuel and Andrew they had the same like physical therapist. And awesome. one day, um, someone Lynn asked. His the physical therapist can Andrew sing, and he was like, "Yeah, he can sing." Mm-hmm. And then he like went to the next appointment, and he was like, "You gotta learn how to sing, dude." Lin like, <laughs> <laughs> Manuel putting his boy on. He directed that or produced it? Yeah, it was a dire- his directorial debut. He directed it. That's I didn't right. Know that. That's yeah, crazy. that's right. Wow. Yeah, and it's been a big year for Andrew in general, um, especially yeah. after No Way Home. You know, he's he's seen a bit of a popular resurgence and people mm, are like yeah. bring back and the eyes ASM. of tammy faye yeah, yeah yeah i didn't see that but yeah, yeah. did that get nominated yeah. for jessica chastain got nominated for best oh, actress wow, okay cool there you go there you um go. and another spielberg nom snooze button don't care <laughs> no don't care about like what's that story is pretty good what's that story oh so, uh, yeah yeah ariana debose that's great for the first time ever two openly queer people are nominated that's for pretty cool best um not best, who's the best other supporting. one um ariana debose and Chris, kristen stewart Okay, cool. Chris. Oh, Kristen. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Duh. How could I forget? <laughs> uh, I was very happy about Anjanu Ellis, even though I didn't get to see King Richard. Um, she's she's been working in the industry for a long time, and 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 it's good to see her um, mm-hmm. recognized like that. She's yeah. sort of like a same generation as like Regina King. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, um, who also went through a tragedy recently, lost her son. Um, to oh suicide, fuck yeah! I heard about that. Crazy. Yeah. Um, Anyway, okay. not to yeah, not to bring this down. Uh, was there some shit with Lady Gaga? Was she salty about it? About getting snubbed? Oh yeah, I, I heard that like, yeah. she was salty. House of Gucci got like ignored, Nothing. didn't Nothing. it? it I, I mean, as it should. It, it was, was such probably a bad the movie. longest movie of my life, and not in a good way. <laughs> 
But there, there was like hair and makeup, which I guess is like a given. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, she posted on her yeah. Instagram today. Like, you married the real firecracker. She's not good. In the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, like, sorry. She's, Poor she's Italian accent. <laughs> They're not speaking Italian. I know that was the problem. <laughs> I was like, English. I just wish she would speak Italian yeah. at this point. That would be hard, though. So. I know. Yeah, it would take effort. <laughs> it would require effort. <laughs> we don't want to do that. <laughs> um, any any more Oscar stuff, or should we move to trailer talk? You want to do Lightyear first? Yeah, let's let's talk let's talk Lightyear. Zach, you uh, uh yeah. you you saw this and knew immediately you were going to bring it on the show. Yeah, and not not even really like out of pure excitement, more just like I understood that my destiny was to talk about Lightyear uh, <laughs> today. Um, I mean, you know, they played Starman again. Yeah, um, yeah. which you know, which is do it. You know, I was affected the first time, so why not? Um, lots of Bowie in trailers lately. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that, I mean, that works, right? But, you know, Chris Evans, is he's doing the thing, you know? I will say, and, uh, Zach, we were talking about voice work before um, Marissa and Dan got here, and I find myself, I mean, he's not like, it's not transformative, you can tell right. it's him, but he is yeah. putting in effort to not so sound exactly too. like um, yeah. himself. He sounds a little bit like Tim Allen, yeah. like a younger Tim Allen, which is cool, yeah. and, he, and there, he's affecting his voice in a way. I remember, um, you know, even when he was doing Captain America, like he was trying, always trying to speak from a lower register mm -hmm. than he did yeah. for like Johnny Storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this feels right. in a way like a natural progression for him. This this interest in um in in vocal work and it, and we get a a little bit of a look at Zerg in this, um, which is yes, cool. that's exciting to me. I do love Zerg. I love my action figure of Zerg. Yeah. I can't wait to dig him out of a box and hold him while I watch the movie in the theater while wearing a Buzz Lightyear costume. I, I um, was at a friend's house one time when I was a kid, and I, I like I don't remember what happened. Like I couldn't find anybody. Like like my friend was like missing so i went to some like random apartment building like knocked on the door and some lady answered and i was like uh, like have you seen my friend like whatever and and the strangest <laughs> thing happened she didn't speak english but what she did was she went to the, she closed the door went to the back of the apartment and grabbed a buzz lightyear toy and like came to the front and like opened the door i could just like see her eye and she just handed it to me and i was like okay and i took it i just like had this buzz light your toy and she closed the door in my face and i still didn't know where my friend was and i was still like lost in this neighborhood I didn't but know. you had a buzz light your toy so yeah no exactly i i, I still have that like in a box somewhere huh. like use good like, so we'll so we'll bring our take them out toys to the maybe she area. knew that buzz would lead you to your friend it was yeah. so it's the That's most surreal was. childhood memory I had. It was so surreal. I, this is a quick non-sequitur was tim wasn't tim allen like mad about this Half of this show is me being like, did this, happen? did this happen? <laughs> yeah, but that's like everyone. They're like, what's with the backstory yeah. of Buzz? Like, let's well, just because they didn't bring it back. Because they didn't bring it back. He's like right wing and stuff. And yeah, they separate themselves. I think that's part of it. But also, I mean, this is supposed to be a younger Buzz. He's so why old. would you bring back seventy-year-old right, right, Tim? Right. But he's also not the action figure he's like the real guy so right. it's like deal. and this is also my question because people in the youtube comments are like can't wait for the woody prequel now but was woody supposed to be based off of a real more, cowboy no, i thought he was just supposed to be like cowboy toy like a you know yeah i don't think he had lore behind him <laughs> yeah, he's just a cowboy i will say just on the note of animated films you know i feel like these days and i don't know what exactly it is it could just be house styles but like i watched encanto and felt nothing but anytime I watch something from Pixar, it hits in some way. Like Disney, when they're sure. just doing their own Disney stuff, I feel like it's it's just always kind of like a new coat of paint over the same story. Right, and right. I think that's a lot yeah. to do with, that's like one section of a million things that Disney's trying to do, right. whereas Pixar is just 
one thing. Yeah. So they like can spend years and years on like one film and make it as perfect as they can. Whereas mm-hmm. they're like literally shooting out like Raya and the Dragon, Encanto, yeah. Coco. Yeah. It's like a never. And I did want to see Raya because that looked really cool. I liked yeah. you know the, the 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 cultural aspect of it uh, being from the Philippines and using I, I martial think arts. I'm the slightest bit fatigued by that homogenized animation style. That sure, we're seeing. I mean, you, you mm. can't tell visually. You can't really tell Pixar apart from like just Disney. No, like, not at all anymore. It's, it's, no. it, like that's why like Into the Spider Verse is so exciting. Mm-hmm. But then like Sony copyrighted that style, so no yeah. one else can use it. It's like there's so few really interesting things going on with man- mainstream yeah. like westernized uh, animation. But that's also part of why Brad Bird is so interesting because like when I went back and watched The Iron Giant a few months ago, seeing his art style before it was like computer yeah. generated was so cool to yeah. me. And then I was, oh, that's exactly, you know, he has this like Norman Rockwell kind of like, yeah. Yeah. he's very interested in like the, you know, middle uh, 1950s, 1960s mm. aesthetic. Um, and he just transplanted that into into computer generated yeah. uh, animation, and it worked really well. But yeah, everything else is kind of the same. Like even with Encanto, which you know, I know a lot of people were able to relate to it for how it attempts to talk about family dynamics, specifically Latin family dynamics and all that. But for sure. when I was watching, I was like, this looks like Moana. Yeah, and maybe like the the you know the way that they animate the fabric is very it's very impressive. You know the the fabrics on the dresses and everything, but mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, just kind of the way that it looks visually is pretty homogenous, like you said. So right. a little boring, a little bit. But hey, we're also boring. old. We're twenty-four. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not it's not for us. I might see Lightyear, but I, I like the Disney stuff. That's what I'm saying because I remember watching Coco. Yeah, Coco obliterated me. And I was, was not great. expecting yeah, that's what really my friends said. I haven't seen Coco yet. Yeah, I watched that with my nephew, and he just likes the colors. And <laughs> but I think I think that's a beautiful movie. For yeah. You. So you know, uh, time. When does Lightyear come out? Me. Uh, I. You know what? Thank I don't know. I'm not thanks, Zach. Lie, thanks. I lie. I <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't actually know. Not about this. So. Um, I don't know. Uh, other trailers. TCM. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, man. Yeah. yeah uh, this is the ninth installment in the no. series. I mean, Leatherface. Pokes his head around the corner every seven years mm-hmm. now. So, are you a yeah, TCM he's, fan? He's or I am. Okay. You love somewhat. the original, right? Yes. One yes. of the most important movies ever made. Yeah, I mean, one of the best. Outlaw flashers. filmmaking, literally outlaw filmmaking. Yeah. I, I've always said this about. I mean, you can say the same for any influential horror movie that has like a dozen sequels. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a separate entity from that stuff. But once TCM movies started having big budgets, and they were no longer uh, these. Or, I mean, this little outlaw piece of filmmaking by these students who didn't want to go to Vietnam, so they just decided to make a movie that was, you know, about kind of an allegory for youths entering an area that they were unfamiliar with mm, and, and being yeah. killed, you know, and it's also about its commentary on the meat industry. And it's such a raw, perfect horror film. Mm-hmm. It's so scary. Yeah. The, the performances are insanely strong and people don't really talk about that because kind of the merits of the filmmaking outweigh that. But yeah. that the performances in that movie are nothing to sleep on. Um, people don't really care about the sequels. Mm. I always welcome a new TCM with, with open arms. Mm-hmm. I mean... I binged them all recently with my friend Caleb because they, they were all on, uh, what's that fucking thing? Peacock. They're all on oh, Peacock. Okay. Um, so we were watching them all, and, and like TCM 3D is still ridiculous uh, with Alexandra Daddario, <laughs> and who's that rapper that's in it? So, Trey Songs is in it. Oh, oh Jesus. My God. Um, it's, it's, it's a very silly movie. And then, like, the fourth one has Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Um, no. And that's the worst one. Oh, thank God. And, and that one, the, the twist is that Leatherface and his family are working for the Illuminati. 
Oh, so, so that's what you want. So these movies jump the shark all the time. Um, this one seems like it's getting back to basics. They all retcon everything, mm-hmm. so each new TCM is just a sequel to the first one. Uh, oh, okay. That's what they did Classic. with 3D. They were like, forget everything. You yeah. <laughs> I just love to see how they're going to bring it back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and now Leatherface is 80 years old. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, who fucking knows? It's like Halloween. It's Maybe like, it's how son. the fuck is this guy still alive? Maybe he had a son and that guy's... Li- well, well, okay, okay. They... They're trying to do the Halloween thing, like you said, like they, they, like bringing back the final girl from that movie. They're doing the same thing here, except it's the actress from Mandy, because Marilyn Burns died the same year as Gunnar Hansen. Mm. Oh, okay. Kind of ironically and, and hauntingly enough. Um, so it's just like some lady yeah. playing Sally Harvest. I, I mean... That's not really the same thing as like getting Jamie Lee back. Is getting, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's it and and I don't know waiting like it's already a stretch that like Jamie Lee would be traumatized for forty years waiting for Michael to come back. But then this one, Sally Hardesty waited fifty years. Right. She couldn't just go back out to that part of Texas and hunt him down a long time ago. Like if she, that's what she, she wanted to do, or move so far away that like it's so weird. Because Leatherface yeah. doesn't seem like the type to really it's so weird. go to, after to cross country. No. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's he's a Texas boy. Yeah, Southern boys are they're different. Um, but but <laughs> built different. I that the final part of that trailer. Um, let's uh, see. Yeah. It's lowbrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very clever humor, but I, I definitely laughed. It's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Is it, the, is it the getting canceled in the yeah. bus? Yeah, do anything, you'll get canceled. They're all on, like, IG Live or whatever, and he, he chainsaws that bus full of people. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to seeing that. I, <laughs> I hate that this is a, a Netflix a Netflix exclusive. Oh, it's coming to Netflix. Yeah, oh, I didn't know Netflix that. Thing. I wish it was in fucking theaters. I want to get drunk at the Alamo and see Of it. course, of course. Yeah, I'm very Throw popcorn sad about at that. the screen and but, um, I know. This is actually, it's weird. This is like a big year for TCM. There's a video game coming out later on. Oh, yes. And there's also a movie based on Gunnar Hansen's uh, book about the actual making of Texas Chainsaw. And the, the stories in there are crazy, and they're adapting that to a feature film. So, oh. so it's oh. a, it's about the making of the Texas Chainsaw Mask. They think like uh, the disaster artist, but it's not going to be like a comedy. Like there's Got crazy it. stories about the making of that movie. People were getting injured left and right, quitting. That dinner scene took two months to film, mm. and they're under these crazy like hot lights. Like the meat is like smoking in that. You scene. told me you about that. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the actors are are wearing the same sweaty clothes yeah. every single day for two months to avoid continuity errors. Yeah. So it's it, it's crazy. Like Gunnar Hansen always talked about it. Like it was just like a summer job because his main thing was writing and poetry and stuff. Um, but he's. He, he, he was like a superstar at like horror movie conventions. Like yeah. The, the line to meet Gunnar Hansen was always like really long. And when he finally published that book, I mean, it was obviously his mo- his best seller. Got a dope name too. Gunnar Hansen? Yeah. Gunnar. Yeah, man, for sure. Gunnar. Um, before we move on, you want to talk about GTA, my man? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Fucking Grand Theft Auto V came out when we were babies. Yeah, <laughs> 2013. True. Where were you in 2013? What were you doing? I was 13 years old. I was sucking my thumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quite literally still, yeah. I, I was vomiting in kindergarten. You were born in 2000? Yeah. That's crazy. I know. Shouldn't even be on this show. I know. Young. That's ridiculous. Are you rated movies? Yeah. I can't do the math. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah, I don't Forget know it. Math, At but, least you'll uh, ne- you'll always remember how old you are. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I have to subtract two yeah. in my head. 
you know, from whatever We were years. babies. Yeah, we so were. Grand Theft Auto, I'll never forget the like hype around that game. Mm. That was crazy. Yeah. It was all anyone was talking about for like weeks after it came. It just no, like, my brother just like begged yeah, my mom every yeah, yeah, yeah. day, like, please let me in get the, it. In the hallways at school, it was all anyone ever. T- well, okay, I grew up in a very Grand Theft Auto and like Rockstar Games heavy household. My oh, brothers okay. were crazy about that shit. My earliest gaming memories are, are like Super Mario World and then going to the next room and, and playing Vice City. <laughs> that game had such a slamming soundtrack, dude. Come on, feel the noise. Uh. Girls, rock the boys. You get wild, wild, wild. We're going to cut that. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> no, wait. That was actually pretty good. That was, that was fantastic. The, the hair metal soundtrack in that game, all the, all the 80s. I mean, like Hall Oates and stuff. Yeah. You're out of touch. I'm out of time. You know the chorus. Come on. I don't. And I'm out of my head when you're not around. The best chorus of all time. But I grew I grew up on that shit. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so, so and like them playing Red Dead Revolver, the very first Red Dead game, and then like Manhunt, which is so disturbing. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, Manhunt is creepy. Mm. I played that recently, like choking people out with like plastic bags and stuff. Yeah. Like, shiving people with um like oh, sharpened toothbrushes. Yeah. And shit. <laughs> that that game that game. I think predated Saw. It has like the same kind of aesthetic. Oh. I was actually like dingy industrial location. This is a this is a uh, a non sequitur for me. I was there, there's this new YouTuber I just found out about. Well, he's not new, but I just newly found out about him. Uh, Kadikarus is what he calls himself. Don't know. British hmm. dude. He does gaming videos, and he was he made a video about uh, banned games. Yeah. Um, and I think well, man, it was banned. Wasn't... It was banned for sure. Yeah, yeah. Craziness. That game is disgusting. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, holy... Like, I, I, I hate to be like a pearl-clutching, like, soccer No, player, but like, there's some stuff that's... It came out in, like, what, 2002? Yeah, and it's some... like, you're... Oh, my God. You're fucking... Like, it's really gory, first of all. It, it reminds me of, um, you know, Puppet Combo? Mm-hmm. They do these really... I mean, you know, they... they the they lo-fi do horror games, yeah. I know Zach Puppet knows. Combo. Yeah. Manhunt basically you know invented... Manhunt basically invented that aesthetic. Yeah. It's just creepy and dingy and weird. Um, and, and they never did anything like disturbing like that ever again. Because obviously now Rockstar games take 10 years to make. And mm-hmm. so many But they only take people... two weeks to plow through. Like <laughs> Red, I... Red Dead took me a while. GTA, I did that in two weeks. Which one, five? Five. Really? Okay. Finished the whole storyline in it's, two it's weeks. A pretty, it's a pretty great storyline, though. I know. Five is a lot of like immediacy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, like it's yeah. a dense game, but like each mission is like, oh shit, I have to see what happens next. Yeah. It was really inspired by like Breaking Bad and like the elevated like TV of its era. Um, my favorite GTA protagonist is still Nico from Four. Oh my God. Cousin. Mm. Cousin, or our, our, the first mm. oh, that, yeah. you and me. Uh, That's where that came from. Inside joke, yes. <laughs> hey, cousin, let's go bowling. Yeah, I, I love GTA Four. Um, my favorite of all time is probably still Vice City, but... But 6 is set to be like... So, okay, so many sources have reported on this that's basically confirmed. Yeah. I mean, and, and this has been going on for like two years, people have been saying this. It's, it's just been leaking and shit. It's supposed to be that there's five major, major cities, five major cities with a whole stretch of middle America in between. Suburban areas, mountain ranges, uh, New Mexico area... Um, and I think they're bringing back Vice City, which is Miami, and Liberty City, which is New York, uh, from from like all the other games, and then just like a huge stretch of like open like country, like mm. like bordering all of this shit. And in addition to that, each location changes over the course of five decades. So the game starts in the seventies, oh, wow. goes through the eighties, nineties, early two thousands to now, and all of those sit like at the beginning of the game, you're going to be in like a gritty seventies New York, right? Mm. 
with like, like a taxi driver in New York. In, yeah, exactly. Like, like prostitutes on the street and, and people just like stabbing each other in the neck and so just like around every corner. <laughs> um, yeah, like porn stores everywhere. Yeah, yeah. porn theater. I, I, yeah. I would love it if, if you could like go to like a 70s like porn theater in game and they ha- and they have like their own version of like Deep Throat playing or, oh or, or like God. Debbie Does Dallas. You yeah. Know, like the, in like the big lights. They probably so will. I, yeah, I, this is probably going to be the biggest game ever made. It sounds yeah. a little bit like, um, I mean, just in terms of that decade hopping thing, it reminds me of Mafia a yeah. little bit. Um, uh, Was that know. game a set decade or did it jump around in decades? Different one. I think the third one, which they just released yeah. a definitive edition of, I think it hopped a few times. The game's a lot mm. of fun. Um, and I watched a gameplay of it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, we were joking that it's pretty much going to take an entire console just to play GTA mm. 6 if all of these specs are to be believed. The, the PS5 storage right now is like 100 gigs or something. I mean, mm. I mean it, it's so that they can release, you know, extra yeah. storage. Discs. I remember though, and I don't know if like this is a, how y'all feel about this as, mu- as mutual PS4 owners, but the transition going from the three to the four and like Real, realizing, well, yeah, but I, I just mean in terms of like realizing that I couldn't just pop in a disc and play the game. I had to wait for it to, yeah. to download. I was like, what is that? And it took me so long to get used to it. It's so weird. And now it's normal. But. LA Noir, another Rockstar game, took two discs worth of skate. Like when you first get the game, you got to load the first disc and then it scans all that, downloads all yeah. that, and then it's like insert disc two. And then oh, it yeah, downloads the data all disc, disc right? two. These yeah, the data disc. Yeah. Games, games are too big for yeah. discs yeah, I, now, though. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I t- when I was when I got uh, Red Dead Two, I put the data disc in and it downloaded, and then I didn't understand for like an hour and a half why I couldn't start playing the game because yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that there was a second disc. I was like, I have to fucking call GameStop and ask them like if I got fucked over with this. Yeah. Disc. <laughs> it's these games are too fucking big, man. I mean, but, I mean Red Dead Two already is gigantic. Yeah. It's so fucking big. It's ridiculous. Zach, I, I know you got it uh, recently. We, 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 how far in are you in Red Dead 2? I literally have like touched it like one time and uh, because I've been busy, but I have been meaning to go back. It's it's overwhelmingly big. It's, it's beautiful. It's so though. fucking it. big, man. That's, and you don't unlock fast long. travel until you beat the story. Yeah. So it's like you, so you're, you're riding around. Oh, yeah. Fuck. It's, it's immersive, and, and then people on the side of the road are going to rob you and trick yeah. you and stuff. I, I mean, it's but that's also how you run into the clan members in the swamp yeah, yeah, that you yeah. can beat up and feed to alligators. Oh, okay, and, and good. Swindlers okay. And, and their it's all worth of, it. Uh, New Orleans, which is a Saint yes. Denis, yeah. who, who trick you and like lure you into alleys and, and beat you and take all your money. Yeah. There's that incest couple. Do you remember oh, that in the yes. mountains? You come across that incest yeah. couple. Oh, I've seen. If you drink their tea, yeah. uh, it's tea, right? I think they offer you a yeah, tea, yeah, and they're like flirting with each other. Yeah. Like this is weird, but like I need to crash because because I need the yeah. you know, like the night cycle to like pass or whatever. But then you wake up in like a, a pit. Yeah, you wake up in like a shallow grave, and they take and, your, and they yeah. take all your shit. Yeah. yeah, you can go back there and kill them too, but they lock up and, and you need to break. Okay, we're getting uh, <laughs> we're getting off topic. <laughs> Rockstar is doing it unlike anyone else, man. Yeah, but um, most of the OG Rockstar founders are gone. I mean, Dan and Sam Hauser mm. both left the company after Red Dead Two. That was their so as far as like the original rockstar creators go the original masterminds that was their that was their swan song and now gta 6 is all the new blood the new generation rockstar, the new writers and stuff and they're gonna milk that for 20 years yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. gta 5 is, has been ps3 ps4 and now ps5 each has been oh my god i bought that game so many fucking times yeah no me too me too gta so many gta 5 so many times yeah um so six is i doubt they're gonna make another one after six what i'm thinking is it's just gonna be called grand theft auto 
And the and, sixth one? Yeah, and, oh. and they're never going to make another one because how do you make a game like bigger? I mean, maybe in another 20 years. But anyways, that's that's our that's our news segment. Though. Yes, indeed it is. A, a, a longer one today, but one that was necessary Half to talk about news all this segment. stuff. Yeah. Uh, we'll take our first yeah. break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Spencer. So uh, don't go nowhere. Yeah. Love you guys. Love you. Love you. All right, everybody, welcome back from the break. We are, as we said up top, and again at the bottom of that last segment, we're talking about Spencer from 2021, directed by Pablo Lorraine, written by Stephen Knight, cinematography by Claire Mathon, Mm -hmm. edited by Sebastian Sepulveda, and with music by... Johnny Greenwood! The boy. My fucking favorite guy. My favorite <laughs> composer right now. He's killing He's it. incredible. Radiohead is killing it. Yeah. He's, he's doing, um, he did Licorice Pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Spencer, um, there was another big one from this year. He did Power of the Dog. Oh. Those are all three Oscar nominees. He's yeah. having a good year. So a very he, good year. Everyone from Radiohead is so successful now. It's awesome. They're all, they're all tackling their own creative ventures tom york has like a new album we're getting off track but i'm very proud i was and i was very impressed with the score in this movie it was one of my favorite aspects of it um so cut this but man i could put you up in some good radiohead please do man make me a playlist there's like a lot of like only one i know is creep so like free i'm a normie yeah, it, it makes everyone not want to listen to the rest of it because that's such like an obnoxious like early 2000s like, <laughs> like, what creep yeah yeah creep um, I love I, I like Creep. Yeah, well, okay, it's all right. it's not all right. in it's not in the top twenty Radiohead songs. I'll say that. All right, <laughs> you should listen to Kid A. That's the album I think you'd like the best. Got there's, it. there's a lot of like free jazz in that album. It's it's a very we'll very do. cool. We'll um, do. Yeah. Um. This uh. This this film, as we said, it 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 takes a look. It's well. It's described up top as a fable based on a true tragedy. Uh, Pablo Lorraine takes some creative liberties with a weekend that Diana might have spent in 1991 with her family, her in-laws in Christmas. Essentially, it's a movie about, you know, being stuck with your in-laws for the Mm -hmm. holiday that you don't like. And um, it details some of her um, personal, emotional, and psychological issues in the wake of uh, the revelation of her husband's affair yes, with yes. Camilla, whatever her, her name is, and um, her attempts to free herself from this mm-hmm. austere, oppressive environment. So, you know. I, I love what a middle finger this is to the royal family. Like, they must mm-hmm. hate this. They, they did not do. take They're, any prisoners. Well, what happened? L- in the movie? No, 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 no. I, oh, oh, you have yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, Lorraine it was, didn't take it any was like, I, fuck I, you. I don't think any of them said anything about it. I doubt it. I mean, no. and, and I think that's also like, and you know, I think that's part of why he wanted to make it more yeah, fictional yeah. because it's like, I don't have to be accurate, that accurate I, to anything. I would have had no interest in seeing this because there have been Princess Diana biopics. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them are really remarkable. And that's just like really popular yeah. right now. Like yeah. the Diana yeah, stuff, especially yeah. with The Crown and then mm-hmm. that musical yeah, yeah. that came but out. I just, I have not been really interested in royal family stuff. Yeah. But Danny, have you seen the uh, Naomi Watts uh one that they made i don't even know when it was made but they yeah I, i've seen yeah, it. Diana, Susanna, I yeah. Seen it yeah i haven't seen it but i, I don't know i thought it was pretty boring it yeah was boring. it wasn't it wasn't to the level of this one yeah well that's what i'm saying like like i, I knew that there were biopics but like no one talks about them yeah so, well biopics in the first place are kind of just boring they can they can be touch and go know, especially it, when like the subject has something obviously diana wouldn't 
be able to have anything to do with it but they, mm-hmm. but when there's like a subject that has like an influence on the making of their own biopic mm-hmm. it's always kind of dishonest yeah well i think it's them and stuff. i think it's such a smart choice of pablo lorraine to do like a historical fiction yeah, kind fable, of yeah. movie because history. the diana stuff is so popular right yes. now but yeah. he is known for like that bi- biopic well, well continuing my point that's why i wanted to see it yeah like, I, I haven't cared about the rules ever but then like Wes convinced me to see it. He was like, no, like, they treat the royals like they're the foreboding abstractions from The Shining. Like, mm-hmm. the demons of the Overlook Hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's yeah. so cool. That's such a great approach. So, so um, I think sticking with you for a second, Marissa, since you are our guest, um, and you've already started to indicate a bit, but I'm curious what your, you know, initial impressions were when you saw this and how it worked on, how it has worked on you since. So I heard about it, and then yeah. the, I knew the trailer was coming out, and I watched the trailer. I wasn't super interested in seeing it. I was mm. just like, here we go again, yeah, another yeah, yeah. Diana thing. Like, it's always this. And I'm not really the biggest fan of Kristen Stewart. I'm, I'm just not. I didn't mm. really love Twilight. That was My girlfriend's going to actually That's kill me. <laughs> that, first one kind of She is literally, cool. like, in love with her, like, in love with Twilight. But I'm just, I, I've always thought she's had this, like, robotic type yeah, of acting. Sure, sure even like like people always do like the impressions of her Mm -hmm. and you know but i did go see it like opening night Mm -hmm. and i thought it was great i thought maybe a little bit throughout just touching on like her acting in particular i think there were times where i did see those like little isms that she does but she does like the good accent and the hair and the makeup definitely really does help like the costumes are amazing but i do think this is a standout for Kristen. i I think it becomes more fully realized her in that role as the movie goes on yeah in the beginning it's like this is just Kristen stewart doing an impression yeah but like (laughs) maybe half an hour in it's like oh shit like i don't see Kristen stewart anymore yeah because diana has so much going on like like she, the writing verse, and it's written with a love for her. You yeah, know? It, it, it's not like this whole thing is just a scathing critique of the royal family. Right, whole, like he, Laurent seems to have a real reverence for Diana and, and empathy for, for her. Yeah, her, her mythological standing and the yeah. cultural unconsciousness. I, She's this tragic figure. Yeah, exactly. I, I I watched a few interviews and tried to do a little uh, research about his his motivations behind that. I'll get into um, a little later. But Zach, I know you didn't care for it very much. Yeah, I um I was really not uh a fan. I think that the movie definitely has its moments and I think it is shot beautifully. Um I yeah, I really like Kristen Stewart's acting took me out sometimes. Uh again, I think there are some moments that she really kills. Um like I think she sells like just like this feeling of isolation and you know suffocation like mm-hmm. really well like you can just see like her just like starting to shatter from the ins- exactly, um, but I think there are other times where I'm like it- it's just like the 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 cadence of her voice like and-, and maybe that's just how Diana always sounded so that's what that was but I think the rushed like hushed tone that she had throughout the movie I think. It's sometimes I was just like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I'm losing, like, the words because I'm just hearing this, like, one line White reading. noise. Um, yeah. Well, keep in mind, she's yeah, always exactly. talking to people she does not want to talk to. <laughs> like, yeah. half of her... That's fair. The, the 80% of her interactions in this are, are people fucking harassing her and, and trying and to get a leash on her. Yeah. Yeah, they're 20% are hallucinations. Yeah. <laughs> her running down a hallway. <laughs> kids, there's some warmth. And then, yeah, when she's seen, like, an Anne Boleyn... Boylan? Yeah, Boleyn. Boleyn, yeah. Boleyn and, and the Boleyn, hallucinations yeah. and stuff. Well, you know, it. I, I think... I, I want to pick up on that 
you know, let me make, I'm going to put a pin in it. I want to make sure I get to Dan's initial impressions as well. But I like the thing you said about whispering. Remind me to talk about yeah. that if I forget. Go ahead, I will. Dan. How I absolutely will. The opening of this gave me chills mm. because it, okay, as a whole, this was like the last thing I expected the movie to be. Like, I guess going in, I'm like, the one thing everyone knows is, is the death and the mystery. It's right. wrapped up in so, so they, this is going to be heavy on that. I'm very happy that that was not even on the horizon. Yeah. I mean, it's not even, I guess it's foreshadowed. Yes. But, but, but it's not, like, I feel like a lesser writer, and I'm sure a ton of them have done it, would just the whole time be be foreshadowing a tragic yeah. Uh, death yeah you know um and and we know that going in so you don't really need to even really mention it like it, it shows a side to diana that you wouldn't expect in a movie like this I guess. yeah and, and right i found myself actually giving a shit about a royal which is hard <laughs> for me. not something i expected but i mean i didn't know this was shot on 16 and that ratio. i know oh my like, god dude. it's beautiful like the, the way the colors just slightly kind of leak it over looks one like an old home video it's yeah beautiful it's yeah beautiful beautiful I, I mean the the helicopter shot in the beginning going down the driveway to the actual royal palace and then the title spencer being in the are you familiar with this fashion brand uh casablanca I don't think so. No, they 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 have very beautiful like ads. Like, mm. if you watch their ads; they're they're the most gorgeous like fashion ads I've ever seen. But it's the same uh, font. It's a very satisfying like font. When yeah. I saw Spencer in that big like beautiful font, just like taking up the big like helicopter shot. Yeah, very and symmetrical I, shot. I think that shot was like a minute long too. Like it's it so it was beautiful. like very very I, like I intense. I love a director who just has a. A cinematic flourish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, knows that like they know exactly what they want. It's not about being fast. It's no. about slow shots that put you in the world of that movie. It's it's about stillness where you feel like you're you're just experiencing something that takes time. You know, yeah. you I think like patience with art and it's very rewarding. Yeah, I think the best films are ones that can tell story through screenplay as yeah. well as visually yeah. like of course that's yeah. how you need to do it, it. Visual medium. i'm just fond of long slow shots that like take <laughs> their time and, and don't feel like uh, a, a director is trying to, to hold your attention by cutting all, a all a these cuts stuff, yeah. and all these set pieces and stuff like when a d director doesn't care about alienating people with slow attention spans it's so yeah. yeah it's a reward it, yeah. it's like wow i'm seeing a film yeah. i'm seeing a story play out in real time that's believable and immersive yeah you know this movie is very immersive yeah well um, as nightmare scenes dude yeah but but but, yeah. but but make your point yeah no I, no I was gonna say um first of all as far as my my impressions you know coming into it and and just after um yeah similar i think to you marissa you know i heard about it and i knew immediately and similar to you, Dan, I thought I knew that it was going to be like, you know, this tragedy, right? Yeah. Which, yeah. It, and it is sort of, it, it, for a while, I and mean, then it has a happy it ending. Yeah. It has yeah, a very I happy ending. ending. I love it. But I, I was going into it thinking, okay, like, this is gonna, you know, somehow or another, I, I knew immediately it was a very artsy film yeah. so yeah. It, it may not have like gone to the lengths of like showing the car crash yeah but I, I was thought waiting for her to be, get in the car. Yeah, I thought there would be some sort of allusion to it or something. Yeah. Are you but happy that means that, that wasn't in there. I'm yeah, no, I am. I'm glad that that uh, he chose not to go that way with it, and I'm I'm also glad that like it's like I said, it's a very relatable premise at the yeah. end of the day for a lot of people who you know don't like to spend time with yes. their in laws or, or their family yes. in general, right? So it's like if you can use that as the hook in, you don't ha you don't really have to know about Diana or the Royals because it's just about you know she doesn't like being here. 
and no one here likes her either. Yeah. Um, there is, uh, to your point, Zach, regarding the, the her performance, I wonder if this was a general directorial note because like, one of the things about the film that is um, constantly reinforced is this environment of surveillance, mm-hmm. right? It, even within the kitchen uh, where Sean Harris works, they have that sign, uh, keep quiet, keep noise to a minimum, they can hear they can you. Hear you. You know, and everyone's always saying like every, everyone's listening to everything you say here. So I feel like that's that informs her performance probably yeah. because she is trying to like, you know, and some of it is just her voice, right? But like I think that's part of it. She's trying to always like yeah. keep herself measured and make sure it's, that she's well, not being, you know. To, to your point, it's always so satisfying like when you see her on her own, like like mm-hmm. when she's just like, and this is like a documented thing. Diana used to go down to the to the pantry and, and sneak snacks in the middle of the night. Mm. When she goes down and she's in the fridge and she's eating like handfuls of cake. And yeah, stuff. and that's and because so she was great. struggling with an eating disorder yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, like seeing her like away from them, and, and half of it is coping, but the other half is like this very normal, relatable woman like pe- breaking through in, in in a way that could never be, you know documented for yeah. the news or for you know that that whole circuit the tabloids yeah and I, and i wanted to ask you about that so one of the things that that started to worry me about this movie um just because of my lack of familiarity with diana was like whether they were sensationalizing or embellishing her mental um sure. Ill, or illness or conditions right because like obviously this is very psychological and yeah. that whole Anne Boleyn yeah. thing, which I like the parallel that, you know, Lorraine chose to use here. Um, but I just wondered, like, was she really like this? It se- because it seems to place the the issues more with her than with the environment that she was right. in at times. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it's definitely um, that environment is, is bringing that out. Because mm. when we're introduced to her, she's very kind of charismatic and, and sweet and she's just the longer the, she's there the worse the, it gets the, the yeah and, and quotations yeah, yeah. Um, you know I'm, I'm lost and she just seems very natural and and the, the longer she's there you know it's it's like a it's like a bottle horror film yeah the longer you're, and like, i think it's best that cabin. we see it from mm-hmm. her perspective otherwise it would be like she's crazy i don't yeah. know i don't know what to say but, but it never feels like this bitch is just crazy like, like the whole <laughs> no time, not like, at all you, you you get that yeah like when she when she's having that like nervous breakdown and, and her son is like um i think it's harry when he goes um mom you told me to tell you if you were being if you're silly being weird. okay and you were being really silly right now she's in the closet she just wants yeah. to be alone where no one can see her yeah she just wants to be alone with her thoughts and and, and process shit yeah uh, and it's I, I don't think it's it's really portraying her as just a basket case. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, 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 yeah it okay. makes sense why she's acting the way she. I. I in, if I was in that situation. Yeah. I'd probably be about the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very. You're valid. I, I wanted to pose that question to y'all. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I see what you're saying, but it's like I think also having the royals as this more abstract yeah. threat. Like it. It kind of. I was like. I don't know. I feel like to if someone was just looking at this slightly differently, it would kind of seem like she's on her own, like having these moments without almost unprovoked. Like I, like I definitely think that the threat is there. And especially as the movie goes on, you just see like them literally physically like stitching her curtains together. You know what I mean? Like, but there's just some time, like I didn't feel like it was a descent, like from the very beginning, I didn't see like an arc from a charismatic 
like carefree person to this person that feels like they have to get out like she was already in the throes of obvious misery because of her marriage like at this point charles was cheating on her yeah so it's like you're 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 thrown into a snapshot of her life which is already shit mm-hmm. and it's like i if you're not super familiar with i think the history of like what really happened you can start to feel like maybe she is just like this. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I, will say, I thought she was too disturbed. Yeah, I will say I think that some some of the stuff the movie does, and I appreciated this because you know exposition can be very very tricky to deliver mm-hmm. without without being clunky. So uh, to an extent, I appreciated this. But for example, they never name the mistress, right? So it is it is kind of relying on you to be like you know these pearls, like it's the same ones that he bought for her, and it's always you know the pronoun True. game, so to speak. But we never, you know, it's like we're supposed to. And, and at first, I thought she meant uh, the queen. Right, because I I thought it was like you know the mother, you know the the whole conflict between Elizabeth and and Diana. But then I found oh it's it's the mistress that he bought the same pearls for her, and then Anne Boleyn supports that later on by saying like yeah he got this necklace my husband got this necklace with his picture in it same one that he gave to his mistress before they chopped my head off type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but yeah I, I see your point too Zach because there's not a lot of moments where you see her interacting with the royal family. It is it is I guess Lorraine's thesis is that it's like it is exactly their absence that is part of the problem like because they don't even want to because they ignore her you know yeah. but yet they also want to control her at the same time yeah. they, they don't want to be seen with her and they don't want her to be seen by anybody else they're trying to micromanage her they can't let her have any bit of happiness mm-hmm. they steal sally hawkins away from her yeah because you know we gotta talk about Oh my god, we do have yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. that. Next. Um but 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 yeah, I mean I like the queen really only has like one line. One or two lines. And and it's an effective scene. It's it's a great yeah. yeah. And, at the end, but it's uh, like as currency. Yeah. I my question was though, is in that one scene was I supposed to think Elizabeth was being like a shithead because I was like, Oh, that was kind of I thought from my perspective, I was like, she's she was kind of chill with her. Like she was like I think it's. I I don't know. know? I think the question is. I think their their baseline for being being nice is like so different. Like I think Elizabeth thought she was being nice, but like the fact that she said your currency, so chill out. Like isn't that just like a fact though that you you have to accept? I mean, I mean, she's been raised and and has. I mean, I mean, decades of like being royal and, and seeing mm-hmm. your face up on, on coins. Yeah, and yeah. True. The, the fact that the, the fact. fact that she told Diana that as a, as something to comfort her is what should be off putting to us as the audience. Right. I think. Yeah. Because well, she is yeah. it to comfort her. Yeah. I, I think it's just like this is the life. And no, yeah. It's like this is what it. you signed up to do. Yeah. Right. Get used to it, type of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, corgis, so many corgis. Oh yeah, the <laughs> best dogs in the whole world. <laughs> love, love seeing some corgis. Great um, times. Before we get to the to the to the Sally Hawkins thing, I just wanted to shout out Timothy Spall in this movie, man. Yeah, Timothy Spall is he's playing like a you know just a a composite character of someone mm-hmm. that might exist in that at that time, uh, Major Alistair or whatever. He's so like imposing without being outrightly threatening. Is he made is up? Is it the redhead? Uh, no, it's it's the other guy, right? The, I'm talking about the butler. Yeah, you're talking okay. you're talking about the guy yeah, that like follows Peter her Pettigrew. around. Okay, okay. Peter yeah. Pettigrew. Yeah. Yes, Peter Pettigrew. Is he a made up character? He is. Okay. He is. Yeah. He's just uh, on, on Wikipedia. Like he he you know they they don't have like the hyperlink under his Got name. Got it. Sally Hawkins, unfortunately, I think. Or, or, no, 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 oh, no, she. The woman did exist, but the lesbian stuff is is a fabrication. Mm. I don't. Yeah, we have to get into well, that. Okay. Like, <laughs> but I just wanted to say I love Timothy Spall in this. I love. 
his character specifically his like it's just really cool you know that's sort of like taskmaster character who's like i'm here to do one thing specifically and i'm gonna get this job done whether you like mm-hmm. it or not and so it's this battle of wills between him and diane uh diana he's playing mind games too he, he leaves that point. book on her yeah. and when he tells that i love that scene first of all the scene where he confronts her in the pantry is really good mm-hmm. um just happy wielding christmas. his yeah happy christmas it's gone midnight mm-hmm. um but just <laughs> wielding his his influence over her her level of discomfort that he knows is there yeah, yeah. but then when he finds her on the steps he's like you know it's, it's time to go to dinner and he sits down with her to tell her this war story and you think it's going to be a moment of maybe kindness yeah but then she you know he's like you know uh something it's like the whole wild horse analogy and she's like well i hope that wild horse never got tamed Mm -hmm. and he's like all right you're not going to meet me at the middle so i've been sent to get you into that kitchen one way or another you're going you know um and it's just the environment of gaslighting i mean i think comparisons to the shining are warranted you know uh the cinematography invites it you know going down these long hallways following her yeah yeah which is 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 a subgenre that's famous for characters eventually going insane yeah losing their mind i love the pearls that's one of my favorite things nightmare with her um, yeah the um pearls Pearls for dessert Mm -hmm. that's what they call it peering at her you know Mm -hmm. these these kind of I hate that I'm about to say this. These kind of Kubrickian shots, <laughs> the, the, the Kubrick glare. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah the yeah. Kubrick stare through the nose, yeah, yeah. the eyebrows. You know, um, the the way they're all looking at her is, is yeah, it's so anxiety inducing. Yeah, and, and like the best way for a scene like that to be anxiety inducing. Absolutely. And yeah, obviously, the more she's the pearls, it's like okay, this is a nightmare. But but the first, it's like this is the scariest fucking movie I've seen in like a long time. Well, because it's already anxiety ridden like that just scene because yeah. she's having dinner with the royal family. Like if I was having dinner with the queen, I'd be shedding bricks. <laughs> so like... There's such specters too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ghosts, they haunt the royal palace. And even yeah. that even that final, it literally, and even that final scene with Charles where he walks into the room and his mother is sitting there with all the dogs around. There's no words, but he already knows yeah. what they think about what just happened. You know him getting him getting basically you know uh, cucked by his own wife sure. in front of yeah. a bunch of men with rifles coming out into the field and saying I'm not leaving till I have my sons with me. <laughs> yeah. So you know, but uh, let's 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 dive into the Sally Hawkins character because. Uh, so I did I did go see this movie with my girlfriend because mm-hmm. Kristen Stewart fan and she just turned to me because she everything I say to her she thinks is true. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was like, "Is that true?" And I was like sure i I have i have absolutely no idea but like i am like a diana fan so Mm -hmm. and i was like i've never heard this before in my entire life and like as a lesbian i was like oh my god like of course i was like thanks for throwing us that bone no when i found out it was fake i was like i don't care in my head it was a (laughs) undisclosed maid that she had said that like they will not disclose her information but they said she said she had this relationship with her and i was Mm. like okay <laughs> like you just kind of threw that in there it seems like a liberty I but really like it it's a nice scene I'm gonna say. It, it, it's also i mean seeing her face glow up like that and yeah. seeing her laugh and be free and it's one of the only times out, that so. Kristen stewart yeah. uh, well uh, that diana in the movie feels warm and by extension Kristen stewart does yeah. I, I mean zach i know you didn't like the candle scene but i really enjoyed it the the candle scene with uh, her sons when she's playing like the soldier oh, yeah, yeah. improv thing she's doing um because even i mean maybe you could say that kristen stewart doesn't feel very maternal in that but i think like it's an example of a mother doing her best in this environment that she hates yeah. to give her sons a moment of 
happiness. And I also think those two those two kids are great. But I mean, oh, how, yeah. how did you feel about it? Uh, I liked William. I think William is really cool. We've discussed this. Like he had this little gesture at one. Yeah, point that was the one who had her in the closet. William, the older mm-hmm. one. Henry, Harry's yeah. the younger one. Okay, yeah. So. Um, but but what I will say is, it just like for me. Um, I just feel like Kristen Stewart has never had any fun in her life ever. And so whenever she has to portray that on film, it's simulated in a way where I'm like, my God, have you ever smiled? <laughs> um, so like when she's with her kids, I'm like, I know that it's supposed to be under the circumstance of like constant surveillance. They're, they're in this like little safe place, this yeah. hideout like together. And they're trying to make like this special fantasy reality. Um, but I just like I wanted more like warmth, I think. Like I know like I think there is a way to have like this like, you know, it's a shitty world that we're in right now, but to feel like, oh my god, this is really heartwarming and it's gonna be sad when they have to leave this. Like safe this place. is separate like she's able to separate sure. in her mind a, what's going on sanctuary. out there for the sake right, of her children. Exactly. Mm. Exa- and I just I don't think Kristen Stewart really got me there. Like I wasn't I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, I needed a little more. I think the ending, just before Danny fucks my argument, I think the ending <laughs> is, like, is real. Like, I think, like, when they're singing together, like, that's, like, you know, it's beautiful. I think it's all there, you know? But, like, I don't know. I just think that candle scene didn't hit the emotional, like, note that I that needed, you, needed from yeah, it, you know? Yeah. I'll say one thing about trauma. Trauma is very... It's complicated in that when you're in an abusive environment for such a long time and you can feel it changing you as a person when you are with say friends again and you you are having fun and and just enjoying yourself again in a way it it feels wrong because you've been in an environment for so long that's that just feels like the walls are closing in and and when she has a moment with her kids it really communicates for me that this person has been traumatized and they're trying to feign some sense of normalcy for their children, but it's fucking hard because yeah. trauma rewires your brain. This is a well you know, established thing. And me having that reading going into it is probably why that scene does work for me and the performance as a whole, because she really conveys that, that aura of a traumatized person trying to just, just grasp and, and hold on to something normal for fleeting moments before yeah. she has to go back into the environment that she knows is just going to hurt her yeah. uh, even more. So, so I think that scene with her kids, I mean, it does, like, Zach, I get what you're saying, man, that it seems like Kristen Stewart has never had fun in her life. But, dude, it works for me. For my reading of the movie, it, mm-hmm. it works for me. Yeah, and, yeah. And that, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, you, you're not wrong. I mean, I mean, obviously all this stuff is... is yeah. I just have a different reading is all. Yeah, and you, and you bring, yeah, you know, totally. different things to it. I mean, uh, in a much reduced capacity, what you just said reminded me of situations where, like, I've been out hanging out with friends, and then I remember I have homework to do. Yeah. And you feel this, like, drop in your stomach, like, oh, like, I'm having fun now, but there's responsibilities that are on me, or there's, like, or, or yeah, or there's this weird thing going on at home that I'm going to have to go back to did, when I did leave. Did you ever know, like, a kid growing up who, who it, it was well known that at home, like, their dad hit them, or, or that they had an abusive family? I think so. Whether, yeah. I mean, you know, I think whispers and rumors. A, a, a demeanor, um, it's all in micro expressions, I guess, but like, yeah. y- you can see it on, on someone's face that like, damn, I, I know you're going to go home and like you're going to get hit, you know? Right. Like, yeah, like it's the end of school and they don't even want to go. It's yeah. like, so sad. That's why they're trying to stay out for as long as they can type it's, of thing. It's, mm. 
I, I don't know how much of it is an, an intentional portrayal of trauma. I, I don't know how much Kristen, Kristen Stewart has talked about their performance and, and her kind of uh, inspiration. But mm-hmm. that being my reading that, that I went with, I think it, it's spectacular. Yeah. I, I think it really conveys that pretty well. Well, I, I didn't get to listen to too much of her um, uh, talking about the performance, but I did get to hear a little bit of Lorraine talk about... Um, what he wanted to convey with this he said that he he believes that really it's about motherhood he was you know in making the movie he felt closer to his own mother Mm -hmm. um he was inspired by that he said that he was seeking you know a combination of beauty motherhood magnetism and mystery and that it's like this this mixture of directorial fantasy but with the realism that the actor has to bring of this actual character, this, this figure who existed, and then putting those two together. I think, you know, that's part of why, whether or not Kristen Stewart's performance hits for different people at different points, sure. the movie is supporting her as an empathetic, sympathetic figure, you know, and, and, and it wants you to feel for her and root for her. Um, in this environment that is destined to to suffocate her, and in a way, even some of Stewart's idiosyncrasies with her acting, like the you know that stuff, yeah. works. The, yeah. it, it works. Do, it works because work. she's in this environment that's trying to compress yes. her. I mean, I think yeah. the I think my favorite, probably my favorite scene, at least where she's speaking, is that conversation between her and Charles across the pool table. I was gonna bring that First up. First of all, the way that, that thing is was, shot. So no, they. I've seen like so videos crazy. where they compare that to the crown, where like it's yeah. just sideways versus the long shot that they yeah. do in this movie. And I was just like, it's so intense. Yeah. I don't know how to play pool. Like I'm so yeah. at all. I, I'm guessing uh, the way that the composition is. You know, on his side, correct me if I'm wrong, because you watched it more recently than I did. On his side, like the shot reverse shot, when it's his POV, it's the white, it's the cue ball, right? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. the balls lined up like. She she is the side of the table that would be getting scattered by yes. the cue ball. And yes. He represents the cue ball. He would right? be spiking. Yeah, exactly. She's in control. I mean, the, he's in control. The ball That's and starting the game. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. And he's, and he's rolling around the little cue ball, the black cue ball, yeah. for the whole conversation. They're talking about pheasants and whatnot. And it's just like, it's so, and we'll, we'll talk more about this, uh, more about this in Emma because we see more of these cinematographic mm. and editing um, uh, signatures from yeah. Lorraine. But, um, I just again I I too have a fondness for slow shots specifically in conversation scenes. Yeah. I like to linger and I like to see I don't you know when I'm watching a movie I don't feel it's always necessary to see someone as they're talking. Sometimes yeah. it's good to linger on someone as they're hearing the response yes. and then cut yeah, that. You know what I'm, I mean? I'm not a big fan of the cut cut yeah. cut cut. Yeah. I, I mean love... I think this is something even you know when we we went to high school for acting obviously but like there was a point I remember maybe between sophomore and junior year where I started becoming more interested in watching the scene partner who wasn't speaking. Yeah. 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 Because I, because that's how I can tell that like the scene is working on both of you. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard this from Miss Faison, but Zach did, did Miss Faison say at one point that is the hard part in, in a conversation being the one who's listening that listening is, is actually, it, it, it takes more, uh, not effort, but more, you expend a lot to yeah. listen convincingly. Right. Yeah, yeah, that definitely sounds like something. I remember that uh, so well. That sounds like I—I I mean, that easily could have been something Faison said. Um, yeah, I mean, like just like to be able to actually actively 
listen to someone without feeling like you need to make like a lot of facial expressions or mm-hmm. do much. I mean, that's super effective, you know, just and I think Kristen Stewart does that really effectively. You can just see in her eyes like just like this like pain and despair, but it's super like it's super lived in. It doesn't feel like yeah, really forced. Yeah. That's one of the things I think she she hits with this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of her strongest moments are those silent moments of reflection or the torment. Silent, yeah. There's that beautiful shot where she's huddled over in her old in her old home, and the camera pulls yeah. out, and she's been crying. And this is before she goes to the steps and pulls the the pearl necklace off. But um, right. there's just a lot of. And then of course there's that little montage uh toward the end of this that kind of mirrors the the music video that <laughs> lorraine puts in oh emma where it's just movement and and she's running yeah. and she's dancing down the halls she's jumping on the squares yeah floors lava there, type of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. is what i would call it yeah like no, you're in a supermarket you jump yeah, on the tiles i think on top of like yeah. him being a director i think he's a choreographer when it comes yeah. to blocking mm-hmm. yeah. all I, of his i wish sure. um i need to find a gif of that shot just so that i can watch it over and over but but her, she's in that long dress and and it's during that dancing segment and it's in the trailer, does, I think. She does a low reach. Yeah, that shot for it's some beautiful. reason is just like visual poetry to me. And it's then there's so gorgeous. yeah, there's that moment where she's standing in the room and her younger self is dancing ballet yeah, yeah. around yes. her. Just a lot of really a lot of beautiful visual poetry in this yeah. that um, I think you know the the film should be, deserves to be watched for at least that. Yeah. So um, I think that's all my notes. Does anyone else have anything else to say in closing before we before we, before we rate it? Yeah, my hats off to Kristen. Uh, so, so who, uh, Zach, you want to rate it first? <laughs> uh, I'm going to, oh God, I, you know what? I let mean, me ask you this. You get in, let let yeah. me ask you, do I mean, listen, and, um, and, and you don't have to feel pressure to say yes. I'm just curious in talk. Cause sometimes like, uh, you know, I've, I've come in pretty hot about movies in the past yeah. and I've been like, I hate this. And then, and then you I talk about it. My heart with repo. <laughs> it's okay it's okay I, I i've come in hot and i'd be like i hate this and then through talking about it i start to like it more that's what happened with holy mountain yeah. i was ready to tear that movie a new one and then i was like i guess you know but like yeah right. so i'm wondering how, how if this conversation has changed any of the way that you look at the film and if not then whatever um yeah i mean i think you know what's so funny about it is as i described it, i was you know talking to other people about it like I'm shitting on it, but then I'm also like, and of course I know that they're trying to convey this and this. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I mean that's pretty good actually, you know. So I'm like, yeah. I'm talking myself into the fact that <laughs> yeah. I know it's better yeah. than I gave it credit for. <laughs> I, oh, Jesus, and and this definitely, you know, it's like I appreciate all of it. Um, I think at the end of the day, I was just expecting a different movie. Sure. So that's probably where a lot of my gripe comes from. Um, you know, and and the you know the performance, but. Of course, like, you know, all this talk is also, you know, it, it makes you readjust. It makes you look out this window that I'm staring out of right now and makes you think. Um, <laughs> so let me say, let me give it a cool, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to go too far. I'm going to say two and a half um, pearl necklaces out of five. All right. That's what Fair I'm enough. Saying. I'm going to keep it. There. I'll, I'll be the highest, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't care about being like a hard to impress critic like sometimes I feel bad for giving stuff like perfect ratings and then it's like fuck it like I love movies mm-hmm. like, yeah. like, sometimes something really works and I don't want to change anything about it I wouldn't change anything 
about this movie, like for me, it's it's uh, it's a five to five. That's that's what I gave it on Leatherbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixty-nine. I mean, there's no mathematical equation to like film critiquing. Yeah, I mean, so we just we just make funny ratings. Yeah, that is what we do here on the show. Wes said something that I think about all the time. Did, did, was it the Holy Mountain episode? He was like, film criticism for a lot of people is adding and subtracting points on the board. Yeah, and yeah. Really, when it when a movie works for you and then speaks to you, that the whole like. The, the, the nitpicking stuff yeah, you know yeah. the, the cinema sins kind yeah, of way exactly. of doing it like I, I just don't really care about it and I think being reductive about something like this that's kind of revolutionary in the way that it, it we've never seen the royals portrayed like this in, yeah. in a piece of mass media that like was in theaters and is critically acclaimed and like is treating the royals like the bastards they are and that's mm-hmm. kind of revolutionary yeah. in a way and the performance is so great it's visually so great the pacing is fantastic and, and the way it pulls the rug out in, in a way where you're not heartbroken at the end you're you're maybe crying tears of joy mm-hmm. like hey this person whose whole legacy is, is wrapped up in mystique and misery she had these moments with her kids where they're just eating fast food sitting on a park bench yeah so five, I, I love it. It's yeah. five out of the five. One of my favorite movies of the year. I think I had it at like five or four. If, oh, you did. Top ten movies. Wow. To ten was at number one. Marissa, you both know that. <laughs> your closing thoughts? Yeah. Um. I obviously I went into it. I wasn't really that jazzed to see it, but I definitely would give it like a solid four out of five for me. I mean, there's definitely some aspects, as I mentioned, like. <laughs> Some of the acting qualities that maybe <laughs> Zach would also agree with, um, but yeah, it was it was pretty good, and I love Pablo Lorraine, so yeah, four out of five. Um, yeah, I think for me, you know, my 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 complaints or concerns are minimal. You know, some of the stuff like I like I said, and we talked through. I was concerned about how exactly it was portraying some of her disturbances and whether it was sensational or not, but. Um, I think that it is it if I had seen this in 2021 it easily would have made my top 10. Yeah. Just on the aesthetic alone. <laughs> um I'm going to go ahead. The only thing that was kind of weird, I and I get why they did it, but I was kind of jarred by like the the film is such a fable that when there's suddenly a period accurate song yeah. being played yeah, yeah. with like Levi's jackets and KFC, I was like we are in a different exactly, like I was yeah. you know, but I guess that's part of it like she's out. She's yeah, in yeah, the real world. Yeah. You know, the, the royals are trapped in... that horror movie where they're... Tra- the, the gang haven't of, seen it yet. The women who are... Uh, they're like rock climbers and they get stuck in the sky. Yeah, I never got And to at see the it. end, she crawls out of the cave. Mm-hmm. She's free and she, she's driving on the... On yeah, the road. yeah, yeah. It reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or even like... Or even like... Um, uh, Jesse Pinkman driving away yeah, from sure, the redneck yeah. camp at the end of Breaking Bad. Yes, yeah. You know, it's it's that that freedom of being in the car and, yeah, yeah. and just gunning it, right? But so that was a little off putting, but I get why they did it. I'm gonna go ahead and give it um, uh, three and a half um, stolen pies from the pantry out of five. Good shit. Um, it's all right, Zach. You're, Wes isn't here, so guys, you can be the guys, hater. I got <laughs> I gotta say. I love all of you, and yeah. and and that 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 was that was a great like re- review segment for that. Yeah. I think we, we we all made great points, and, and we we all that was great. Yeah, I love. I liked it. This was great. This was very. This was great. Yeah, we're gonna see if we can recapture it when we come back to talk about Emma. <laughs> And they're off. Oh, yeah. And they're off. <laughs> we are off. <laughs> the moment passed as well. <laughs> Welcome back. 
for our final review of today's episode. Once again, we are talking about Emma, also directed by Pablo Larraín from 2019. Larraín. Larraín. Written by... Larraín. Written by Guillermo Calderón and Alejandro Moreno. Cinematography by Sergio Armstrong. Edited once again by Sebastián Sepulveda. Oh, so it was his team. Mm -hmm. And music by Nicholas Jarr. Um, So not not Johnny Greenwood on this one. Oh, I forgot to... I mean, I'll just say this now. Uh, yeah, the score was really great in Spencer. I love yeah, the jazz awesome. touches. Incredible. It felt very Spike Lee. All, in a way. Yeah. Uh, which is also part of why it reminded me of Malcolm X, oh, which yeah. kind of has like that same You know what's insane? Where it's My like, mom, so unexpected, she said, this sounds like Radiohead. And I, I didn't yeah. even tell her. I You're didn't like, even tell her. She was like, this, this sounds like... Like radio. Mom, you're right. So you're right. You're right. You're right. You're so right. But yeah, so the, the 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 point that I forgot to make in Spencer, and then I'm done talking about it. I promise is that the the sort of um, the foreshadowing of this 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 tragedy that's going to happen to this figure. Uh, Malcolm X is more heavy-handed with it because they choose to show the death, but uh, it, it reminded me of that as well. So yeah, the score, great job, Johnny Greenwood. But moving on to Emma. <laughs> uh, this is a film that follows Emma, who is a dancer uh, working She's with on. her husband, yes. um, Gaston, played by Gael Garcia Bernal. Fantastic actor, love this dude. Great guy, great guy. Um, and uh, he is a folklore dance <laughs> He's a folklore dance choreographer, um, and he has an entire troupe. And it's mostly women, but I, there's a few guys in it actually. Yeah, but the, mm-hmm. the, the characters it's a modern dance troupe, and, and, and there is a, a quiet resentment amongst the troupe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Teaching and, uh, and I, I, I don't know anything about like the dance world. Certainly mm-hmm. not in that of Colombia. But mm-hmm. he's teaching an, an antiquated form of dance that these like these like newer dancers want. Are they in Colombia or are Chile. they in Chile? Chile, I think. Chile. Really? They're in Chile. Chile. Yeah, but he does mention that his again. son. <laughs> no, 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 no! I totally would like do the same thing. No, but his son is. Uh, he mentions that their their adopted son is Colombian uh, at, at one point, um, and and so the story it basically is, is resentment between this couple who adopted a son, Pol- Polo. I think is his name Polo, yeah. and uh and they and then you know they gave him back and it's this resentment between emma and gaston because she wants a natural child and she wants to be a mother and he she feels like she's been that that's been withheld from her by gaston yeah. so the film that's kind of the He's narrative thrust yeah. and there's a small age gap actually, i think it's like 12 that's why years. she calls him a human condom yeah um, <laughs> there's a small age gap between them it's like 12 yes <laughs> <laughs> It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah. No, Um, no. uh, But yeah, so that's the narrative kind of thrust of the movie. And and then it's also about her trying to manipulate her way around getting her son back, which I will admit, embarrassingly, took me me to the end of the movie to find out that that was what she was doing. And we'll get to it. That's not embarrassing at all. (laughs) I love movies where all you need to do is, is tell someone like the basic synopsis of it and they go... That's insane. Like, I'm interested. Yeah. Because, like, I, I pitched this to a friend of mine. And I was like, it's about these, um, this, this, I guess, sexually liberated uh, dancer who, who loses her adoptive son mm-hmm. and for the rest of the film is uh, fucking and manipulating her way into uh, ingratiating herself with his new parents <laughs> and finding a way back into his life. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, you, you you can't hate a plot that insane, right? Yeah, no, that's... You would have to be 
boring to hate <laughs> that just fucking crazy yeah it's bonkers and 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 i've never really watched i mean looking at the letterbox reviews there were a lot of people that said it was like that there were different movies that it reminded them of sure. of course but it it still feels very unique um my favorite thing about reviewing movies is comparing it to, to other, other movies, movies. Yeah. that's how i know that it's it's different yeah. mm-hmm. um but uh i like last time we'll go around in a circle we'll start with you marissa um did you see this in 2019? Did you just yeah, watch actually, it? Yeah, actually, I saw it. I saw it. Um, I think 2020 is when I saw okay. it. I went on like a huge movie binge like, yeah. where I saw like every movie made. <laughs> about, like, no, I'm lying. I saw it with Wes like two months ago. I have seen. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, and then I saw I rewatched it um a night ago because yeah. I just wanted to make yeah. sure I caught everything like I did the first time because I think the first time I was just like oh there's like a lot of modern dance <laughs> it's a lot it's very over there's a sun in the background yeah. it's blazing <laughs> I'm not really sure what's going on but yeah it it's a great film I think it shows a lot of like what we as humans are experiencing now with these like changing family dynamics you know like 50 to like 70 years ago it was it was the man worked and the woman had the child and that's how it was but now it's we're so much more open to adoption. We're so much more open to like very differing family dynamics. And it's not always like the woman takes care of the child. And I think that this movie really healthily explores that. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yes. Yes. Zach. Uh, yeah, I, I like <laughs> watching uh, the middle of the yawn there. My bad, bro. <laughs> no, please, 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 please. I love starting sentences caught off guard. Thank you. More often. Um, yes, it was great. It was a great movie. Um, yeah, so I, I was going to watch it with my mom. I'm really, really glad I didn't. Um, <laughs> and that's my full letterbox review, so yeah, anyway, there's but that. I think it's great. I think uh, the performances are really strong. Like it's super compelling to just watch like how toxic uh, Emma and Gaston are to each other. Yeah. Just like like just shitting on each other back yeah. and forth. Um yeah, I think the performances are great. I think it's beautiful. Uh, the plot is really cool. I figured out what she was doing um pretty quickly and I just thought it was like so diabolical. Um and the way that her friends like aid her, like you know what I mean? Like just like this unit. They're so cool. Um so yes, very, very good. Very great. Love it. Love it to death. Uh Dan? How'd you feel? Um I love and and i wish we could see more of this in movies just the like a sexually liberated kind of commune of dancers you know mm-hmm. I, I think that's such a compelling like cast of characters to have i know a lot of people hate the movie climax but one of the things i think people kind of well actually maybe not maybe people hate the characters in climax but i love mm-hmm. the characters in climax have you seen it no i haven't seen really? climax it's, it's fucking awesome i think it's awesome I know. some Wes, people Wes on this like show it, don't like <laughs> i do um i just like a, a group of people who, who are all so kind of free with each other and, and just fuck and are friends and, and like that's <laughs> there's something about like artists yeah. and just like this well, like interconnection exactly. uh, artists like a, a big community of artists who all know each other and are all sleeping with each other mm-hmm. and, and nothing is, is held back like they're they're very outward with their displays of affection like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's like the holy mountain refreshing <laughs> yeah well the real life holy mountain yeah. living communally like that yeah, so, yeah. yeah I mean it's it's I love just just dealing with characters like that. I, I, I think all the Emma and all of her friends in this are so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like they're so like like at, at first you think like she really hates um, uh, Gaston. Yeah, uh, Garcia. Is that his name? Gael Garcia. Bernal Garcia. Gael Garcia Bernal. Yeah. 
Son of a bitch. <laughs> GGB. I thought I had it. <laughs> he's so great, but but like when you think like all these people hate him, and and then the, the next scene like he's having sex with that blue haired girl, and right. he's hooking up with Emma again, and it's like okay, well, nothing these people really say has a lot of weight or permanence they can lay into each other, but they're such good friends, and they're still also open with each other that like you know as an outsider that's weird. Like don't yeah. hate this guy, but then like they're fucking him. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And he, I think it's cool. Like, <laughs> I think a cast of characters like that is very compelling and engaging. And in the way Emma wields her sexuality, like she wields that flamethrower. Mm-hmm. And how she uses that as a tool to to get into, get into people's heads and, and get what she wants. Like she's so compelling. And like Zach said, diabolical. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think she's, she's maybe the most compelling character of, of a movie from 2020 2019 2019 what else came out but like it it was more it popularized matter. in 2020 all i'm saying is like both times i've watched this movie i'm just so taken by her as a character mm-hmm. and and in the supporting cast and, and the way these people are all are with each other yeah I think it's very interesting she's um yeah man this movie was a trip i i, I feel like She's not very likable. Really? I think like she like the, the, but, but it, she's her manipulation. It's not it, it's not like her personality is likable. Yeah, yeah. Rather, what she's doing, her sure. goal is not ultimately. I mean, she's it's a little fucked up. She, yeah, a little bit. Well, yeah, she's it's like you bad. gave him back. Like time. no take backs. Yeah, yeah. Do she's think, she do making. Do you think it's a little badass? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Little badass, right? It's uh, I don't know what wave of feminism this would be, but it, me neither. It's, I'm <laughs> not sure. Um, but she, yeah, I mean, it, there is something um, very obviously like autonomous about it, and 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 that's cool in terms of like I've never seen a character try to do something like this. I yeah. saw uh, one critic on Letterboxd compare it to Old Boy, and I guess really? I kind of understand okay. why. But uh, but you know, in terms of the movie overall. It was one of the things where it was like kind of rolling realizations for me as yeah, the movie yeah, was yeah. going on. Like I feel like I, I because I was so focused on trying to figure out what the movie was about, yeah. I didn't I was like not focusing on the plot. Mm. So that's why some of that stuff slipped by me. Like even when I was seeing the the married couple sitting down with the son, I thought, Oh, that's the lawyer meeting it's with the husband so creepy, about though, the son. Right? Yeah, and she's it, just lurking it's, in the it's, back. The, yeah. the ways that the movie hints until that final act we where it's like a twist reveal. It's like Saw. Yeah. It's like a big twist reveal at the end. But, but like when she's about to sleep with that firefighter slash bartender who's the new adoptive yeah. father, right? And she says, when you find out what I'm doing, you'll be horrified. You'll be horrified. You will she be, you will tells be him, dude. Horrified when you find out what I'm By doing. By the way, and this is a shame. Imagine how gross, like anyone you're hooking up with, no. right? <laughs> when you find out why I'm hooking up with you, you're going to be fucking scared it's gonna really disturb can i tell you something can i be honest with y'all it wouldn't stop me you wouldn't i I would no dude i was watching that i was like damn i'd be caught up (laughs) be foaming at the mouth if a woman looked me in my face and said you should be terrified of me i'd be like yeah i mean she (laughs) yeah like why not and and that brings up one of the things that i one of the one of the cinematographic cinematographic patterns i noticed in this movie is it seems like we frequently have these meetings. Emma's in a lot of meetings with people. Yeah, yeah. And there's this pattern that I noticed where the shot will start wide and perpendicular to them. Mm-hmm. We'll see them in parallel. 
and then when she switches on the seduction then we're doing we start yeah. reverse shot yeah, yeah, and we yeah. cut in on her face and it's it happens with the lawyer it happens oh, with the scene. uh the principal yeah, at the school and yeah yeah it's like it's a tennis the, match it's like yeah exactly yeah, the yeah, scene yeah. and then it's like bat 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 the, the yeah. valley it happens with um with homeboy obviously the the firefighter in the the bedroom with her um so she's she's certainly compelling but i think it's an interesting uh example of a character who is maybe not the most the maybe not the best person morally right, right. but that doesn't mean that the movie is bad you're just you're watching a movie about a person who's kind of you know the best not great movies are where you're rooting for them even if they're so yes, bad yeah i was yeah. just about to yeah. say like I, I i think everybody came to that realization when when breaking bad got so popular mm-hmm. or like even like succession now yeah, like these yeah. people suck but like do you guys remember that there was a point in breaking bad the height of its popularity where it, it got to Walt does a lot of fucked up stuff. Yeah. Maybe it was poisoning Brock is when it finally sent people over, but there was a point where no one found him to be like Impeachable. A, yeah. a um a cool guy. Someone nice worthy guy. of redemption. Like yeah. like everyone wanted to see Walt burn, right? Oh, oh, at, I see at what a you certain mean. Point After a point, yes, back, yes, yes. He is so compelling. Yeah. A a character does I don't know. It, it, it varies from case to case, obviously, but I really love, like you said, characters who you kind of fucking hate. Yeah. You can't look away from them. Yeah. It, it's like seeing like a wreck somewhere. Mm-hmm. You, you're, uh-huh. you're, you're engaged. You, you want to see what happened. Yeah. Did someone die? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's not a good thing. No, but, but, but it's, it's a spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. Really engaging. I, and, and I think maybe, you know, to start, uh, moving into the conversation further uh, to talk thematically about this movie because one of the things i you know again like i looked up some interviews and stuff so lorraine was very interested in um commenting on intergenerational relationships Uh, you know the 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 last of the 20th of those born in the 20th century and the first of those born in the 21st right and like the 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 so that's kind of like you know gaston's whole thing about reggaeton and and how mm-hmm. it's like a it's a culture of violence he gives that great monologue yeah. it's a culture of violence it's prison music they and play it so you tears him apart. she does you, and it's you're, great your fave with the with the yeah bangs. she's one of them she's thick bangs, thick bangs right? is 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 is, is good looking but there was also another short another brunette uh in that wide shot where oh, they're okay. all looking at the okay. at the bartender all the way on the right. I mean, if we're simping, we're going to simp. This movie's full of sexy It's people. full of good-looking folks. <laughs> I, I, but I want to say one thing about her. That, that scene where she tears into him, she says, I wrote down the quote. Hold on. I can find it very quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's in my notes. It's in my notes. She says, um, you're a tourist here. A typical cruise. Oh, that one. That's before. Yeah, yeah. photos and thinks they know the history of the port. Go out on the street. You have this idea of an imaginary street that existed a hundred years ago. You play beautiful music in the port so it looks like Paris. It was never like that. Yeah. That's why everything has to be destroyed. Other music has to be danced. Something that scares a tourist like you. Yeah. I, I, I love this whole idea of like, let's say in quotations, a, a in air quotes, I mean, a tenured artist mm-hmm. who is just kind of creating in, in the framework that they're most comfortable with. I mean, to apply yeah. that to film, it, it's a common criticism of... Tarantino, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but, but someone who doesn't want to step out of their comfort zone. I, I have been doing this my whole career. This is what I know. As an artist, I don't think I need to, to engage in other forms. They yeah. don't interest me. This is what I know. That is the mark of someone who's who's limited. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and seeing someone tear into them uh, uh, over being so... Close-minded, myopic. About, yeah, exactly. It's something that's that's new and 
engaging. You know, I, I think of boomers and, and their whole life. This isn't real music argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our music was played with instruments. But, uh, They're but, like, rap music is bad. Yeah, sure, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. it's like gangster music. And it's yeah. like... But there's a... And tear into someone who thinks like that. But there's a couple things wrapped up in it. Because number one... So he gives this monologue about how he hates reggaeton and how he feels like it's, it's mindless music. Yeah. But the thing that's so interesting about, first of all, Gaston as a character is that he's like this, you know, 45-year-old man with this faded haircut that he is definitely too old to be rocking. Which I think is part of the whole thing, right? He's trying to be a little hip, but he's... Jeans are too tight. Yeah, he's got this... He's one of those teachers who um, turns the chair backwards and like sits on the with the legs going on. It's like that SNL stuff. Which is not to say... I mean, Gael Garcia is still a very good-looking man, like, and, and, you know, so whatever, but like... I, th- I feel like that was intentional. Like you're you're putting this guy in this faded yes, haircut, yeah, yeah. and he's still ragging on reggaeton. Shit. Also, yeah, he's acting right. like a complete boomer. Yeah, and like- not to mention that like reggaeton itself comes much more from Caribbean Spanish cultures, yeah. right? Where you know the folklore that uh, Gaston was teaching is probably more from like the actual Spain, the European the European roots, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this colonization that's being exactly. tackled at the same time um you know and obviously chile is a is one of those latin american countries like a lot in south america that has mixed ethnicity so you know emma herself is white but some of her some of the people in her troop are are more taino or whatever like mm-hmm. there's there's a mixture of things and um i think that's that was one of the things that grabbed me about the movie is this you know even outside of and and then you have the son in a way as a metaphor for this you know emma's sister calls him a bastard and reggaeton is looked at as this like bastardized music, right? Yeah. That's how Gaston looks at it. It's like it's not real music. Not it's real music, it's yeah. just a it's a portment. It's a bunch of different styles put together and, into and, something and that sounds cool. Interesting. He, he would say that to a bunch of like you said, first generation, twenty first century, like, right? Like right mm-hmm. people that he relies on to sell his art. I to, know. To, Everyone our age has grown up and heard the this isn't real music argument yeah someone older than them who, who's put down the things that they're into whether it's it always like back in my day exactly, yeah whoever it may be so, so it, it was very interesting that that he represents that that last wave yeah of those kind of guys yeah and, and they're the new blood and, and he's saying it to them and they're just tearing them apart for yeah it, you know? lots of um lots of bisexual lighting mm-hmm. in this movie yes. yeah <laughs> yeah which uh, obviously was intentional I saw a lot of um pink and green they, they say on the cinematographer spectrum the one that's used all the time you see it a lot in, in joker another way that that movie's lazy is um <laughs> the blue the blue and the orange you know i'm talking about the high contrast lighting it's mm-hmm. every cinematographer's toolkit and one that kind of captures the same effect but is is moodier you know closer to bisexual lighting um that you see less is the pink and green mm. and this movie has a lot of that it does and a lot of purple and a lot of yeah. uh establishing shot green on one side pink on yes, the other yes yes it, it captures the same high contrast thing you just see it way less often yeah it's very unique looking. yeah it's uh, do y'all know if this was shot on 16 millimeters no, no it's i don't it's digital so. okay yeah, yeah it, i thought it so. looked very yeah very but, clean movie but but it's still I mean the colors in this movie are still yeah, great. There's great. that scene where they are in the um where Your they go to the outfits. party. Oh my god. The outfits are great. Oh but when they god. when they go to the party and they find the dead cat in the freezer oh, yeah. and then they're having that conversation in the back room and she's sitting against that purple wall. That's so so Polo was a little so psychopath, good. wasn't he? I'll let freezing yeah. cats who's burning people's faces. Yeah. yeah. Unclear. Yeah. I mean I wouldn't have I don't <laughs> think I would have judged you know that couple for giving him back if he was uh you know if he was doing those things you know i think i would have been like okay i get it how can you give up a kid though i don't know well one of the things i was unclear about is like who decided to give him back 
because I they, they, I don't think either of them really wanted to, considering how much they guilt each other, and they right. use his last words and weaponize them against. Yeah, Robert. yeah, yeah. I Mama, love, don't I leave love me. That yeah. Scene where Gaston, yeah, yeah, where Gaston is is quoting his final words to her. Right. So because she's making fun of his impotence or whatever, yeah, and then he just starts being like, and they weaponize his his relationship with both of them. One of the first conversations you hear about Polo Gaston is bringing up how um. She breastfed him one time, right? She, she yeah. put her nipple in his mouth, and, and he said, how can you do that with the child? And she's like, he's my fucking son. Yeah. Like, she, her, 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 it's a great quote. My son can suck any, any part, part of my, my body, body yeah. he wants. Yeah. He's my son. Yeah. And it, like, he, it's, it's like, to him, this was like an adoptive thing to appease Emma, right? But right. In Emma's mind, it's like, no, this is my son. Yeah. And she will stop at nothing to get him back. But to, to Gaston, it's more of a weaponizing. It's more of a weapon. Yeah. His memory yeah. And yeah. Started, you know? and, and in a way, it's also like he's he's got a level of envy about yeah. their intimacy. Their relationship, yeah. Right. You know, the, the fact that um, she was so close to, to little Polo. Yeah. Um, uh, he says it's the reason they stopped having sex. Right. So because he is so insecure. Yeah. Yeah. He is. And, and, um, I guess, like, I'm wondering, do y'all feel, do y'all ever at any point in the film, because I think the movie wants Emma to be the most empathetic, even if she's going about it the wrong way, but did y'all ever feel any level of empathy for uh, Gaston? It's fine. Not really. (laughs) No? (laughs) But I'm a woman, so I'm by Um, nature on her side. What happened to the relationship is tragic. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. they still do seem to have a lot of love for one another, but you, you always gotta empathize with someone who's had their heart broken. I mean, he's he's coping with it in the worst way possible. He's just putting her down and putting down her friends and her interests. And I don't stuff. think we once see like him painted in a good light. I th- um, maybe at the beginning when he bows, like yeah. in maybe his, at like, the very very end, which I want to talk yeah. about. Uh, I but. I feel more like their relationship has has peaks and valleys because there's mm. parts yeah. where after they've had the most horrible fight like they're kissing and holding each other again yeah so, so I, there's there's moments of tenderness even after they portrayed him as a very insecure like little man you know yeah yeah speaking of, and, and emphasis on little because there are certain shots there's that one shot where they're coming up the stairs into their apartment and i'm like are you how tall is guy i mean on the internet says he's five seven but he looks really? so like small and like they say everyone adds two inches yeah yeah maybe zach did Uh, you did you heard this five two it's proven if you look him up it says he's five six oh he is actually he's five i believe that he is kevin hart inches oh he added four inches to his body (laughs) i'm five two that's bold as shit he is is five foot fucking two and several sources have proven it and Mm. on the google like height search it says five six even even uh, the Rock isn't as tall as, as he's listed. He, the, the internet says six five, but allegedly he's not okay. exactly. Which is like, if you're already six feet, why even? Yeah, why do you need? If to you're six that? feet and you look like that, why do you need that to guy lie? In euphoria is six five. Yes, Jacob Elordi. That dude is ridiculous. He would not fit on a plane. <laughs> large, large, large. In in the Maddie uh, Alexa Demi, we're gonna cut this. She's like five two. Yeah, so she's really small. More than a fucking. He's like a. It's like a the fucking kissing booth with Joey King. I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, weird. Um, but uh, Zach, how about you? Did you ever feel any level of sympathy for Gaston, or did you just think he was a prick? Yeah, I, I didn't really like him because I think the first conversation they have about the kid, like 
I know that she fucks him like later on, like with with her words. You know, of course, physically. Mm-hmm. You you shouldn't have sex before you're married. I just want to make that clear to everybody. <laughs> in the show. Of course, um, of course, but never. But you know, but but like um, you know, the first conversation that they have, like he really manipulates her because he puts it on her. Like when they're in the bed, he's like. Uh, yeah, this is all your fault. And she's like, well, it was, you know, it was both of us. Like, we both were bad. And he was like, no, it was really your fault. And then she puts it on him, and he's like, like nah, it, it was, was both of us. It was you know, both it's of just us, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just so fun. It's, like, funny, but it's fucked. I think it's crazy how two people can still, like, have that form of intimacy. I, I mean, this this whole, like, dancer, I mean, the commune that they're living in, mm-hmm. the first place is so sexual. But they really seem to have a, a convincing love-hate. Mm-hmm. Like it, it seems pretty dynamic. Almost, almost like bipolar, right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, like the way that we'll move from scene to scene, and it's as if the argument that they just had didn't even happen. But I always yeah. feel like there is a sexual tension between them, even when they're saying horribly manipulative things to each mm-hmm. other. But that's, that's the reality of a lot yeah. of relationships, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially today. with that age gap. Absolutely. Yeah, especially with that age gap. I mean, if he's if if he's her director, her choreographer, he brought her into the process. There already is yeah. that power imbalance, but right. there's a need to impress him while there's also a need to rebel against him simultaneously and then for him there's a need to subjugate and control because yeah. that's my you're my dancer so yeah. you should be doing what i'm saying and you know that's and it leaks into the actual relationship i mean you know obviously they're both clearly adults but 12 years is still crazy you know yeah i mean it's not insane but it's still it's a lot yeah. it's a lot how old is she supposed to be I assume in her late twenties. Late twenties. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, someone said, um, but like, maybe like, holy shit, James Gunn is dating someone, uh, like ten years younger than him. And, and I looked it up, and it's like, dude, this girlfriend's thirty-five. Yeah, thirty-five. Who cares? At thirty-five, you're, you're capable, you're capable yeah. of making like your own decisions. DiCaprio Fine. dates. Like not like Zach Braff and Florence Pugh. Oh my god! <laughs> Dear God, with oh god, <laughs> but um. Just a note on dancers. This is more of a general thing about me, but I have said for a while that like I I respect dancers. I think more than any other kind of artist. Yeah, because I think that what they do it requires so much bravery. You know, when I when people ask me like, you know, you ever get nervous about acting, and I'm like, if I'm nervous, then I'm not acting. Yeah. Because if I'm nervous, I'm not the character yet. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. there's a of course you want to do well, but like. I'm sure you guys, if you have act, if you have acting experience, yeah, yeah. you can relate. It's like you want to get to a point where you are not thinking about yourself; you're just the character, right? So it's like, and in, in a way, you can hide behind that, right? Uh, even you know, singing, you get a little closer because it's your voice, and your voice is an instrument. But you know, when you're dancing, there's no words; it's just your body; it's just raw expression, and anything can go wrong. You know, you can injure yourself, or you can whatever. Like it, it's. It's athletic in that way, you know, like um, like running or, you know, it's like I just have to push myself to the limit and I have to hit this exact mark. And if I don't, I'm not going to be satisfied with myself. Yeah. And and obviously that's that goes for the very austere um, uh, environment of like ballet and traditional dance. But it also can go for, you know, hip hop or modern if it's something that you really want to do. Um, you're you're going to have that level of uh, intensity about how you do it. And so I just really think that like. Dancers are so cool to investigate as a, yeah. as a storytelling yeah. mode. So, like, know. actually, a little yeah. bit of background on me. Yeah. I studied musical theater for, yeah. like, two years, and yeah. then I decided to switch to film. But I did study dance for 15 years, mostly mm. ballet. So I do understand, to a degree, the, like, execution and, like, mm. the discipline that it really, really takes to be a dancer. 
uh, like you just like your body is your instrument just as like an actor is and a singer is but it's so much more because you're putting your body through so much like strength and like training it's really really hard and i think that this movie just depicts that so well and something a little bit other thing a little other thing about me is that marymount where i go to school they have the I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right, the top modern dance program in the wow. country. So everyone that goes there is like a modern dancer mm-hmm. and yeah. they are training from 8 a.m. to like 8 p.m. every yeah. day. And I'm sure just casually when you see them, they're, they're acting like the dancers in this movie. Yeah, casual, it like, looks like kind of little spins, like yeah. this, yeah. like this, like I mean, arm movement. It, it's like a, it's a well-known uh, thing with, within like LaGuardia graduates that the, the, the loudest friend groups were dance majors. Yeah. They were all like that, you would think was it was like, a, a and they were the scariest. <laughs> uh, but there. they were they were always like you know rolling in these tight knit groups, yeah, yeah. and they you would think like maybe the vocal majors or the drama majors would always, but no, it was the dance majors all the time, like in the in the lunchroom, just like tearing it up, and and they just yeah, there's yeah, I believe that there's this. Uh, I guess you you know, I mean, every major had its own inter its own dynamics, and dance was one of the smallest. It wasn't the smallest that was tech, but dance was one of the most tight knit, and it was one of the most demanding. So obviously there's like a level of camaraderie that you build when you're seeing people perform and have that vulnerability. Yeah, it's it's like that thing that people say, like everybody starts out in ballet when they're a kid, but only one person can be a prima ballerina. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, I, I, I was really um, interested in that, and I, in that dynamic. And one of the things that I thought was cool that I looked up um, uh, regarding Lorraine's method here is that he said, uh, some scenes were written on the night of shooting and uh, the actors seldom had a lot of advance notice about what they were going to be doing. Lorraine said that it, you know, he's like, it's, it's like in life, none of us knows what's going to happen an hour from now. Right. So I wanted to put, sometimes actors, they want to control the character and I didn't want that. So I would give them the script almost as late as possible so that they would be finding it and we would be collaboratively, collaboratively creating it as the filming went on. I guess some people could on its face interpret that as lazy, but like think, how often in life is a situation completely under your control? Almost uh, how never. How often yeah. do you have full control of what's what's going on? Could I, I'm I, I'm of the school of thought that control is a myth. The only yeah. thing you can control is how you react to stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As an actor, I'm sure like that we like Cassavetes would do stuff like that, mm. and I'm sure that would piss off. It and has historically pissed off a lot of actors. But as a filmmaker, like like you explaining it, like that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense that like you would expect an actor to be grappling in real time just as a character would and and this is and i'm interested to know what you what you think about that too zach that that method but this reminds me of like you know even with wong kar wai when i had my little my little um uh uh, marathon of his stuff when he was shooting you know um uh chung king express and that stuff like it was fly by night. I mean, he he shot that movie in the middle of editing another movie yeah. that he hated. So it was just let me get a camera, let me go out on the street with some actors I like, and let's have a rough skeleton yeah. and let's make this thing happen. Because I can't look at this <laughs> editing bay for it for a second longer. I I, I name dropped K- Cassavetes. Have you seen A Woman Under the Influence? I mm-hmm. haven't. No. Uh, or he, he he has a few. But I've heard his name. Great movies yeah. that do this. Um, 
faces the killing of a Chinese bookie, a woman under the influence. He famously would pay for a location for like just under an hour. Rush a crew in there, have the bones of a script. Mm -hmm. So basically little notes on the mm -hmm. pad, like, okay, you need to go here, you need to go here. And uh, we're going to, you know, the crew, we're going to be having some drinks. We're at a bar. Hey, why not? And people were just like, okay, this guy doesn't give a shit. Like, why is he even <laughs> working in the field? But like his movies have such a run and gun quality that like, is un undoubtedly you know singular yeah. very engaging and um those actors are just kind of like uh what's her name from a woman under the influence gina rowland yes gina rowland she, she she is so just like freewheeling through that mm -hmm. movie and it's one of the most compelling performances i've ever seen mm -hmm. and she just had bones to work with there yeah. was not like a fully written script. yeah i mean this is like this is the thing right and we talk about this from the film perspective right that you go to film school for four years and you learn all these rules and then you get out of film school and you're like I kind of don't want to follow any of these. But uh, when it comes to, like, Zach, you went to NYU for acting. I'm curious, and then that's on top of, like, obviously us both going to LaGuardia. How much of, like, the, you know, the, the technique and everything, like, do you feel like you could do a film where the script was bare bones and it was mostly, like, here's your objective in the scene, improv your way through it? Yeah, yeah I mean, I personally think that's a lot of fun. Um, and I think I've always, like, one of my strengths has been to take a note like really quickly yeah. um so i think i think it's a lot of fun to just be able to find it there's a rawness to getting a direction and being like go do it now and it's mm -hmm. like completely different from what you anticipated you know you just weren't prepared for it so you get to find a lot of really cool stuff because of course a lot of like the stiffest worst acting can come from when you just have like one set version of a scene or a monologue in your yeah. head and then you execute it because it like just feels very rehearsed um so i think i think it's a really cool style i know that of course for some actors you know that just doesn't work because i know you know what at uh i went to stella adler and oh wow that was like yeah and so it was super like the technique was very militant you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it's all about script analysis it's about actioning like what are you doing on this line it's not about what you're feeling the feeling comes out of the action it's um, not um, so you know what i mean like yeah that technique doesn't super work for like improv bare bones but for mm -hmm. me i think that's a lot of fun um because mm -hmm. you can just like find things that you weren't you know preparing for and i think not to bring it back to succession but i know that like a lot of the times when they shoot scenes it can you know they're shooting rehearsal shots and stuff mm -hmm. like that yeah. so they're fine the can you know the, the cameraman is finding moments as the actors are finding them and that's exactly. why a lot of that show just feels super specific and raw because yeah you know it's all coming just in the spur of the moment you know i love a rawness yeah yeah i love a, a raw a raw movie yeah and i think it i think it maybe it it doesn't apply to every type of movie right, right? like you can't no. shoot like you know uh, you can't so you couldn't do spencer like i was this. just about to say that yeah exactly yeah. Spencer, do spencer no like this. but if you're doing a movie that's kind of like a it's the emma is like almost a hangout movie <laughs> like it's, yeah, yeah. and it and it's just a, you're following a, a group of people who are living life yeah. like that is that is exactly the time to be like here's your character here's what your character wants out of the scene make it happen you know it's if not you, so if, much about who the person is it's like the relatability of them yeah. as a, like, it, if you talk over each other it's fine yeah if you, you know what i mean yeah. yeah when it comes to like directors who precision is everything to them like, like you know how parasites storyboards were um 
published as its own graphic novel. Yes. yes. That's how precise that movie is. Yes. Uh, it was like for like T for T, like and, just and, and when planned you're watching out. Watching that movie, that precision is is there. It's oh, like, it's okay. it's clearly executed. Very tight. Very precise. Um, and that's kind. That's one of the main takeaways from watching that movie that's why you would watch something like a fincher or, or, or a director's yes. precision but then you know you watch a one car Wai or mm-hmm. cassavetes for that freewheeling fucking 3 a.m trip to mcdonald's <laughs> it's like that it's just <laughs> like a hippie movie a little weird you know or, yeah. or like the the bathroom at like a concert venue like, yeah like i was gonna say this earlier it's like the artsy film yeah, or yeah. like the like film school film mm-hmm. whereas like spencer's like your graduated like yeah, classic yeah, yeah, yeah. cinema mm-hmm. cinema yeah yeah and it's it's a testament to laurent's low range uh, ability that he can that he can you know capture such opposite sides of the spectrum um from movie to movie really. yeah yeah i think so too um well I I think I'm ready to rate it unless anyone else has final thoughts. Now, of course, we have particular ratings for this segment of the show. Mm. This is a little bit different uh, from our usual morgue picks because it's more recent and it's you know we're doing more of like a, a double director look. Um, should we morgue rate it or should we just do another yeah. meme rating? Well, I don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> let's do, let's do uh, morgue ratings then. The, yeah, yeah, it's fun. Okay, so here's what those are. I have them here for oh, you. You can look cool. at that, and I won't make you go first. Uh, uh, Zach, what would how would you rate this, my friend? If you were if if, if it was five years from now, you were looking back at Emma. You know what? It was 2019. It was pre-pandemic, so it literally it, it, was a decade for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel about it, but it, it was another lifetime. Like I don't yeah. I don't remember the world that we yeah. used to live in. Um, so I'm gonna give it a reanimate. I I uh, I, I thought it was great. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the performances are all there. I think the Emma actress does a really great job of like. Yeah just like stoically like I, it's you know it's the act of listening you know? always like, yeah. has the power it feels, it's crazy i could just yeah. like, see it in her eyes Re- re-watching this it's like when does she not have the power she mm-hmm. always has it she's mm-hmm. always kind of in control it's it's remarkable yeah 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 she just she's she's powerful you know like sometimes you're like she's dangerous you know but yeah. it's also like you can see like the the motivation like the the sun you know yeah. what i mean like the, i think she's a badass so, yeah so i'm gonna give it a reanimate Go watch it. It's great. Um, yeah, I know, guys. I love movies. I know. I know. I love <laughs> You're movies. You're just a movie lover. I love fucking movies. Listen, it's it's a hot reanimate to a cool immortal. Mm-hmm. I'll be recommending mm-hmm. it for a long time. It's very singular. I, I mean, that's what's really important to me. Yeah. I think Spencer is singular for its own reasons. Yeah. This is singular for very different reasons. I mean, I have yet to see a movie with you that you're not like, this is my favorite movie I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. I hate always, a lot of movies. Always, I hate a lot of you're movies. Always like, <laughs> I love it. We we bring we bring stuff on the show that that um I I find a lot to to love with. Yeah. Uh, and I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. Um just for that that plot is so crazy those performances that lighting like you said the fits yeah. i'll watch this the again fits. just to see everyone's fucking cool outfits Drip. her acid wash uh like oversized jean jacket with that um like tracksuit underneath yeah. that's like like yeah. raspberry and cream she's so fucking dancers cool. always have like the best outfits Dra- oh dra- dancers are fucking dripped out yeah for sure um, <laughs> like at, no at my school i swear to god great. like yeah. they are just dripped out yeah. so yeah i mean i gave this movie five stars on Leatherbox too i really oh. like it i really like it got it yeah nice i um like i said i saw this in 2019 and i don't well i saw it in 2020 but i don't think it got the attention that it mm-hmm, deserved mm-hmm. because we were all just very engulfed in something else so yeah i would say reanimate it 
Nice, nicely done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a stamp on that reanimation. I think. Nice. Um, Great. I think this is, you know, it's Solid. it is very unique, and it's if you were going to introduce someone to Lorraine, um, I feel like that this would be a great movie to do it because it's not sure. because it's not about someone else's life right. he's yes. able to fully do his own thing it's like he can do like films where he just comes up with something on his own mm-hmm. and then he can do these crazy biopics yeah too. and and what's weird about it is that like it almost feels like the first like the opening the first 10 minutes of this movie where it's like everything that's happened in their life intercut with that dance number mm-hmm. that feels like it's like a proof of concept for yeah. what the rest of the movie yeah. would be exactly that almost feels like it's a short film that you could package by itself and you would Absolutely. have like a, an understanding and a resolution yeah. and then he's like okay here's the rest of the movie now yeah, yeah. and and he's and and i think like what i one of the things i'm really grateful about this show uh that, you know doing this show with y'all week to week um, or r- roughly week to week is that I'm constantly challenging my own expectations and mm-hmm. my own um, comfort level with film, right? Like the, the things that, you know, recognizing that uh, the, my expectation for a movie obviously doesn't have to be what the movie is, right? Sure. And that like that movie... Sometimes mo- it's nice to be subverted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, that, and that, you know, even everything that we've learned about structure, while we can use that to analyze a film, it doesn't mean that that has to be the rubric by which we grade right, right. No. it at all. So, um, yeah, and I think you know, yeah, you you do give a lot of stuff immortal and whatever, but it's nice to have a it's it nice is. to have a movie that a, a movie podcast that isn't always ragging. Yeah. You're a cheerleader. Time is fleeting. I mean, shit, we're moment to moment here. <laughs> yeah, there was no script for this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. We were flying by the seat of our freewheeling. Um, but I think that'll do it for this episode. I had a really great time. Marissa, yeah. thanks for coming on. Yeah. Do you want to swap yeah, your, your Instagram you. or anything you're doing? I mean, I don't um, want to put you on the spot. It, yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm not doing anything right now. <laughs> I'm just working. I work yeah. in a production studio. What do you do on film sets? What are you most comfortable? Right with? now I'm doing like I'm a stage manager. Oh, and I it. do like booking. So I'm just yeah. like on like every shoot that comes into our stages. Got it. Got it. Well, yeah. keep Marissa in mind if you need someone to create a schedule for you, shoot a, a, a <laughs> yep. strip board. Absolutely. She's the one to do it. I'm Everyone pleased. here here is is the shit i love all you yeah. guys please you guys feel free to come back anytime in fact we uh, uh the four of us have talked about doing like a, a medium work takeover where the four of us step back and we find a, a replacement yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like, i feel like you would be a great replacement yeah. for dan and like zach could find somebody <laughs> west could find somebody i could find somebody cool. just like, you know let y'all take over for a few episodes it's, it's like when I, yeah. didn't like jennifer lawrence take over fallon for a week or something or, or yeah no, they do like, like celebrity a new, yeah, yeah yeah brie larson did really kimmel cool. yeah that type of stuff and like wendy williams as like wow. someone running her show yeah Jesus. so i uh so definitely come back anytime thank y'all so much for listening feel free uh to rate and review the show wherever you get it, it helps us out a lot just give us five stars because you, know, you guys you like us yeah. um follow us you like me socials. be easy to please five stars across the board please um yeah, that's stand up a letterbox reviewer yeah. follow the show across socials at tmm pod and also keep up with our black history month challenge we're posting recommendations for all of february about films that are written directed or led by uh black people so uh check that out on instagram and twitter we'll be updating every day in fact i have to post a recommendation tonight when we get off but um until next time we'll figure out what we're doing uh i i think we've thrown around a few ideas maybe texas maybe uh, matrix texas. maybe we'll do a commentary be fun. Hey, since it's on netflix it'll be easy to find yeah 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 but uh until then wayward movie watchers uh, st- uh keep watching movies see ya go dance a little bit bye <laughs> <laughs>